Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Martin Luther King. <laughs> and I'm Kay Fings. You, there's only one Martin Luther King, man. <laughs> this isn't Street Fighter. You can't be Ryu and I'm Ryu. We got to pick one. Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy Kay Fings. We're back, man. Episode 164, correct? I believe it's 164. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just... We need a producer. Yeah, in we here. need a producer, man. We need we need somebody to come in here just to get the episodes right. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we're fucking one sixty three. I'm tripping. Oh, okay. Yeah, one episode one sixty three. See, I would have gave us a whole new episode mm-hmm. had I not actually proof checked that. All right, man. Let's get right into it. Uh, <clears throat> recently, Steve Harvey uh, mentioned not having female friends, and uh, go ahead and plug that clip in right here. All of my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I don't. I'm, I'm incapable of that. Why? Uh, what do you mean? Well, because, you know, come on. Because you have a wife. Well, I have a wife, and I don't, I don't really have female friends because, look, okay, let's get rid of this myth <laughs> right here. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. Let's get rid of this right here. There, you, you're an attractive woman. There are some guys somewhere saying, yeah, I'm, we're friends. No, that's not true. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. We remain your friends in hopes that one day there'll be a crack in the door, a chink in the armor, and trust and believe that guy that you think is just your buddy, he will slide in that crack <laughs> the moment he gets the opportunity. Because we're most guys. And you think this way? Uh, 99.9% of us think that way. All right, what you get from that is Steve Harvey basically mentioning why he doesn't have female friends. You know, she mentioned like, well, you're married. He said, yeah, but there's validity to what Steve Harvey is saying. The average relationship between man and woman is not a friendship, not a platonic friendship. There's usually some form of sexual tension and sometimes it's going both ways. Sometimes it's going one way. Mm -hmm. That's not a friendship. What we need to understand, like as men, is in order to be friends with women, you you have to care about her heart, not her vagina. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of times people will say we're and then women have women are naive in a way, too. They'll be like, yeah, he's just a friend. He's just a friend. But you're not talking about the times y'all used to fuck. Mm-hmm. This guy's not your friend mm-hmm. that people say the word friend very usually, especially when it's the opposite sex. Like with me, the women that I have in my life that that are platonic friends, I know their husbands or their boyfriends. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's a it's a legitimate friendship. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not trying to do stuff with them at all. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, There was some shit I seen on Facebook that was complete bullshit that people are buying into for some reason. And it said we need to normalize friendship dates. And it showed this guy and this chick. They were both very attractive people. I don't know if you've seen it. I seen that. They were both very attractive people and they was like clowning around and hugging each other. I'm like, this guy is totally fucking this chick. Yeah. This guy is totally fucking That's that chick. That's a friend with benefits date. Hell yeah. 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 You what it is 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 a lot of times friend with benefits goes too far because when it goes beyond the bedroom, that's when things the lines get blurred. So you could be blowing her back out and then you're like, hey, let's go to this elegant dinner. Yeah. Because they start to like each other. Exactly. There's so there's so many movies like, you know those those white rom coms like uh, No Strings Attached. And oh yeah. All those the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher. That was and, a good movie actually. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
Um, and then the Justin uh, Timberlake had the there was like a movie the basically the same movie had came out pretty much within the same year. Right. And one was with Justin Timberlake, one was with Ashton Kutcher. But it was the right. same thing. Like a guy they had they were having casual sex, and then all of a sudden they started liking each other, and then they became boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, I think that what happens is is like the like people really start <clears throat> liking each other when the sex is good. Mm-hmm. Like a woman is not going to catch feelings for a guy with bad dick. Yeah. <laughs> she's not gonna she's, she's not she's not gonna catch feelings for a dude you gotta be doing something right you gotta yeah, be doing, that's you gotta crazy, be huh? doing something right mm-hmm. in the bedroom for you mm-hmm. for a woman to catch any type of feelings yeah if you don't know how to go down on her or use your thing right ain't no way you guys are gonna be friends after that yeah <laughs> if you got if you got bad dick um you're gonna be hard pressed to have a fruitful relationship yeah it's gonna be tough man yeah, that's why I think a lot of I think that's why a lot of relationships nowadays start off as with the friends with benefits thing. Yeah, and then the women be like, "All right, cool. All right, he got good." Dick. Is that important? Like into the the women, I guess. All right, this dick passed the test, and we could be we could be together now. <laughs> <laughs> women will never admit that though. They'll yeah. be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, that's a lie." But they'll be the same ones complaining about bad dick. Yeah, they'll be the same ones like, "Oh God, it's so disgusting." Mm-hmm. They don't know how to do. They don't know how to go down on you. Then they do it for only this long, and it's no good. Like mm-hmm. women are not going to do that. But we're straying off topic. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think that like this whole conversation makes sense. A lot of women need to understand that men are not trying to be your friends. Even the men that you think that are your friends. They might just not have the balls to tell you that they like you. There's some men that will literally be like, hopefully one day she'll fall into my arms. And it doesn't work like that. Women, mainly women like assertive men, women like men that are not afraid to make a move or tell them what they want. Mm -hmm. The average woman does not like the shy dude because now the woman is in a situation where she has to be assertive and women do not want to assert themselves like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got to be the guy to be like, hey. Hey, 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 let's hang out. Let's go to let's go to dinner at nine. Let's me and you. Let's do it. And they'll be like, oh, oh okay, cool. But you have to make those moves. Mm-hmm. A woman is not going to be like, we should really hang out. Mm-hmm. I don't see women doing that. I think um, for me, I can only speak from my perspective. I've never had any sort of uh, I've never really had like a, a girlfriend. Um, and that's primarily because either. I was talking to this person because I like them or that person was, you know, in some way, shape or form attracted to me. Mm. And I think what what goes um, unnoticed a lot of times, too, is there there are guys that have the uh, the power to try to keep something, you know, strictly platonic as well. Right. Um, So as far as like uh, this is primarily a sub- what Steve Harvey said, a subject matter talking about how men can't control themselves or how men are just kind of waiting in the wings until the girl says, hey, you can hit you can hit it now right. kind of thing. There's also women out there that are doing the same thing. Yeah. And I know of, uh, you know, multiple instances, you know, where I've had um, situations with, with women to where I, I have to be the one that's like, nah, like, let's just keep Let, it right. Like whatever it is, business, let's just keep it a, at a friendship level because, you know, we can do some cool things together. And then if we do happen to step across that line, it's going to ruin everything because, yeah. you know, we're not going to be able to work in the same in the same manner because, you know, we kind of you know, we already, we had sex or something like that. And then there's just kind of this weird tension and we can't even, you know, whether it's like, imagine not that we have one, but if we had like some sort of like 
podcast producer or something right. like that. And then, you know, I end up having sex with her or Eddie or whatever. Um, or ha- had had sex with her previously. There's always going to be that underlying tension there. Well, we got to we got to clear that up because I think the people listening to that probably had a skewed idea of what you just said. You said if I start having sex with her or Eddie, I'm like, well, what? Or Eddie had. I meant to say that. Yeah. Eddie had sex with- <laughs> yeah. Somebody was some asshole would have said something like, "Oh man, go ahead, man. Y'all having sex, bro? I ain't listening to this podcast no more. <laughs> Niggas is gay out here, guys." <laughs> 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 oh uh, man that was crazy. I'm sorry man go ahead a trucker's buy podcast oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but no I'm, I'm just saying like to, to sum it up like that we uh, it, the the roles are reversed in some instances as right. well and I think like it's it above all else it's I think it's just difficult for um these type of relationships to exist because naturally we're attracted to um, one another. You know what I mean? So when it comes to um, just, just being a man in general, you spend most of your teenage years and, you know, probably your teen, your preteen years trying to holler at girls. Right. You know what I mean? So the fact that um, for 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 a guy to be like, no, nah, I don't want to do anything with this person, and vice versa, um, I don't want to do anything with this man. <clears throat> it it is something that is like an afterthought almost. Right. So I don't think most people even lead with that type of thing. I think even like um, I know people that have a lot of female friends, and then eventually like they just like end up sleeping with them, and that like the relationship dynamic is same. not is no is no longer that same that same way. So yeah. I think it's it's a little bit easier. Um and I think this is primarily why like a lot of girls have guy friends, but they're probably gay because right. there's there's no way in which they can be attracted to one another. Now somebody listening to you say that it'll be like, oh my God, like you guys are so simple minded. You mm-hmm. need to grow up and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. Let mm-hmm. me be very clear. Ladies, I need you to do an evaluation. Just go through your phone and if you slightly flirt with the certain dudes, you'll see that at least out of your male friends, 80% of them want to fuck you. Yeah. 80% of your male friends want to fuck you. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of them will stick around for the longest. And it's really, it's kind of like predatory to me. Yeah. I would never do that. And the reason why I could never do that, that's not in my DNA. Man, that shit is loud. My bad. I'm just like, to... I'm like, sound like a transformer. Yeah. Keith was adjusting his mic. Yeah. Sound like something was going on there. Like, sound like his hair. Like when he plays with his hair on the, while the podcast is going, and it's like, <laughs> Anyways, you got it. Sometimes you got to kill Eddie with kindness. He just be quiet and let the joke roll over, and then you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's nobody else. To, that's a funny joke. There's nobody else here to laugh at it. That was fucking funny. No, but um, I just think that a lot of a lot of people, a lot of men especially, are incapable of a relationship with a woman. Now, the women that I am friends with, pretty women, but. I'm not attracted to them. Somebody could be attractive, but you're still not attracted to them. Yeah. So I think that that is that's what is in play for me is the women that I am platonic friends with. I'm not attracted to them like that. They're just like, cool. Some people, you just have this connection. that's not sexual at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yo, that's the homie. 
Like you mm-hmm. don't see her like that. Mm-hmm. These are women that have talked to me and had conversations with me about when a dude was doing them wrong. And I can genuinely have that conversation mm-hmm. with them because these is my homegirls. Mm-hmm. But I'm not ever going to sit there listening to a chick tell me about some dude. I don't give a fuck about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But if that's my homegirl and she's stressing out and we can talk, then I can make some sense of things. But th- w- cer- only certain women get those privileges from me if we're platonic friends. Yeah. But if here's the thing. If I'm trying to fuck you, I don't want to hear about your ex. Facts. I don't give a fuck about that. That's something you need to figure out. Yeah. If if it ain't got nothing to do with me, then uh, shut up. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking hear that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. too, like kind of what goes without, um, I guess not without saying, but something that can happen is that some people it's okay to start out as friends. You know what I mean? I think it happens a lot where you, you, you be friends with somebody for years and years and years. And then you finally realize like, yo, this is, this person been rocking with me through all of my relationships. I just never really looked at her or him at, in that light, like as far as like a romantic partner. And then they ended up, you know, getting together and they, you know, they have a a really uh, successful relationship and that's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? That's just something that I feel like what happens too is like we, we change over the years. Like, you know, maybe when they started out being friends in high school or whatever, they weren't necessarily uh, ready for that type of uh, relationship or they would just, uh, they just change over the years to where one person matured a little bit more and, you know, they just kind of tried different things in their life and it kind of led them back to, um, their friend. I don't know. That's a little far fetched. That's like it, a fairy tale, but it does it does happen. For it does sure. happen here and there. But you're fucking up a perfectly fine friendship doing mm-hmm. that. Like, here's the thing. I think that that works only if they probably. There are some people that are friends like that that have never been together, but they've been fucking each other off and on. That's more realistic. Mm-hmm. There's there are some people that have been in multiple relationships over the years, but they've been fucking that one person for the last like nine years. Mm-hmm. You got to watch it because some women will be like, yeah, he's an old friend. He's a really cool person, whatever. Right. But what you don't know is every time she break up with a dude, she go back and fuck that same guy. Mm -hmm. I've seen it, man. I know what's going on out here in these streets. Yeah. You've been that guy. Yeah, I, I've been a few times. Hey, Eddie, you just broke up with such and such again. <laughs> and I'll just, be, I'll just be like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is just awful. <laughs> you got to switch it up. You can't just say that's crazy. I'd be like, yeah, I just broke up. I'd be like, gee, Willikers, that, oh, I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> You got to you got to hit him with a G Willikers hashtag the, hashtag G Willikers. The worst one is the oh really when you knew this was gonna happen. You knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> you knew. It was oh my happen. gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh my gosh, G Willikers, G Willikers, G Willikers. This pussy is still good. <laughs> I'm just playing. Nah, but I think. <laughs> nah, man, I just think you need to be true to yourself, man. Be honest, fellas. Unless. Let's be real, fellas. If you don't, if you're not responsible enough to be friends with a woman in regards to like being there for her and caring about her heart and her feelings and her life, don't try to play the role of a friend because you're a fucking liar and a fraud. Yeah, that's trash. You are a fraud. You you, you should not be playing the role as a friend. And then when she bends over to pick something up, now y'all having sex. That's ridiculous. That's trash. Yeah, I think <laughs> what I never would do in um. Not that I'm in a relationship now, but what I never did in the past is try to like um, 
play that play that guy, play that the like the friendly role, and then you know try to sneak my way in with flirting and stuff like that. I always led with like, yo, I'm attracted to you. Right. We can. We, there's pro, there's a going to be like a a courting period, and we are going to right. Um, we're probably going to grow to be friends just naturally because we're yes. hanging around each other, going out and movies, whatever. But. Um, I never was that guy, kind of guy that was just like, yo, th- this is my friend and that that's all it is. Right. It's always like, we cool, we cordial, we're going to be friends. I'm going to flirt with you a little bit just mm-hmm. to let you know that I'm not, I'm not no, I'm not gay. You know what I mean? I'm here, I'm here for a reason. Damn, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to stick my dick in something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is crazy. Hot pocket. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man. Um, I think that the whole courting stage is probably the most important thing in regards to any any type of like if you want to build a relationship. I, I think that there should be a certain amount of time where you guys are not like exclusive mm-hmm. and you just like with each other. Because I think that the friend the friend dynamic, even if you are in a relationship with a woman. There needs to be a friendly exchange. Like y'all should be legitimate friends before you go into a relationship. Yeah, fact. But I mean, like, there's. I think there's tiers mm-hmm. to being a friend. I think that the tier one is you is strictly platonic, no sex. That's your homegirl. That's like your sister. Mm-hmm. That's a ser- like that is a serious role as a man to have a woman as a friend, and mm-hmm. you need to be there for her. Mm-hmm. Then it's tier two, where. Um, I don't even think it's three tiers. The next tier is y'all like having a sexual or potential. You're talking about three different relationships. Or are you talking about three stages? I'm gonna say two, I'm gonna say there's only two stages. I don't think two it's stages. three. <clears throat> one stage one is strictly platonic. Be her brother. Be be there for her as a friend only. Mm-hmm. And the second stage is y'all either having a sexual relationship or it's like y'all gonna be in a real relationship. Mm-hmm. And but you still need to have that friendly dynamic between each other. You shouldn't be in a relationship with a motherfucker you hate. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, you gotta want to like hang out with the person. hundred percent. You know, first and foremost, because because what happens is like if 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 you're not going through these different stages, then you can have some sort of friend with benefits with the person you don't actually like hanging around. True, and it, that's just is what it is. But if you want to actually, um, like. These steps are important if you actually want to have like and, and you guys can you don't have to get married or anything. You guys can break up after like two mm-hmm. or three years or whatever. But these steps are important because above all else, you got to like hanging around that person. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And fellas, I, this is kind of, you know, a tangent. But what, what men need to understand is even if it's you, you chill with a girl and it's just friends with benefits, man, be respectful. Yeah. Like. Just because y'all fucking does not give you the right to disrespect that woman at all. Yeah. Like at all. And it's a lot of dudes that do that and they just be like, oh, she just give me the pussy. She can go somewhere anyways. And it's like people be very loose with they, the way they speak about women. Yeah. Very loose with the way they speak about women and just treat them like dirt, bro. Like mm-hmm. regardless of what your relationship is with women, you should always be respectful. Mm-hmm. Even if y'all fucking or strictly platonic or it's a relationship, you should not ever get comfortable just doing like that. I totally disagree with that. Yeah, I was thinking too, like, because, I mean, this is Bakersfield, it's small. So we, we you know, you may run into somebody you used to have a rela- uh, relationship with or it was your ex or whatever. You might you might have just 
you know, hit her one time and then moved on with your life, whatever the case may be. But always in those instances, like you, you got to lead with respect. Like, right. you know, in respect, maybe you just walking right past her and not even saying nothing. Respect yeah. may be saying hi, you know, just a, a head nod. Respect may be a, a handshake, a hug, whatever the case may be. Um, <clears throat> but not ever is it okay to, to kind of like brag about like, oh, I used to hit that back in the day. Because That's you know, nobody's she, business, and she could say the same thing about you. But it's just right. the the way society treats you know the uh, sexual encounters. It's always like the man receives some sort of gift or something. Yeah, yeah, he receives some type of admiration. Yeah, for getting you know the certain chick, and then mm-hmm. the woman is just treated like dirt. I don't subscribe. Unless to uh, the dude ate her ass, then she has bragging oh, rights. Oh yeah, yeah, she got the ass. She definitely does. Yeah, <laughs> that nigga have his tongue all in my ass. Yeah, that's right. That's why you ate my ass, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag eating ass. <laughs> Brown nose nigga. <laughs> That's why you don't eat ass, man. I'm not, I don't. I've, I don't do that. Yeah. But I, I would just imagine the amount of dominance women have over men when they eat back there eating ass. I might do it one day. I don't know. Well, if you do it, just don't tell me about it. I'll, I'll let you know. I'm, yo, Eddie. <laughs> Pop my cherry, man. <laughs> it's, every, it's everything I thought it was. <laughs> Tastes uh, like toilet paper and toilet. I'm going to text Keith right back. I'm like, Martin Luther King wouldn't. <laughs> Martin Luther King would not agree with this. <laughs> That's the equality he wanted. he wanted. Yeah, right. Can you imagine Martin Luther King would be like, is this what y'all doing now? Y'all out here eating ass. I didn't march on Selma so y'all could eat ass. <laughs> I just want you to know. You know what's funny about I was just thinking about this the other day. The way he talked, it's like vibrato. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the inflection in your voice, like, uh. Right, right. Like, that, that's the way he talks regularly, which right. is crazy to me. Yeah. Eddie McGee. Like why 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 are you <laughs> Oh my goodness So uh Marlo the King, is it true that you cheated on your wife? Actually <laughs> I was sexually harassed by this woman. I just went with the program. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, we got crazy. way off. All right, let's switch gears, man. Um, rapper Young Miami. Um, in a recent conversation, who was it with that guy's name? Uh Justin LeBoy. Justin LeBoy. In a recent <clears throat> conversation with Justin LeBoy, she said she would cheat on her man if he had a small dick. This is crazy, man. These this is just a sad, sad story. But this is the conversations that we gotta have, unfortunately. <laughs> City girls reveal how they'll handle finding out their man has a small dick. I'm a cheat. This was this. City girls also express why broke men don't deserve pussy. They they mad they shit ain't going the way it's supposed to. I don't want no nigga who ain't got no money and a motherfucking attitude fucking on me on me putting them negative ass spirits in my life. What? Negative this doesn't spirit. make any sense. <laughs> broke is a negative spirit. Ladies, ladies. Being broke is a negative spirit. Ladies, I know a lot of you guys love these women on Instagram and social media. Stop walking in, this, in the footsteps of these women. They are extremely, they are beyond therapy. 
This shit is crazy. <laughs> it's beyond me. This is beyond me. Justin LeBoy, the man behind your favorite memes, makes a revolt debut on his new show, Respectfully Justin. It doesn't get more any more toxic than this series as he discusses relationships, situations, love, lust, and more with special celebrity guests. This is a sa- this is the safe uh, place. Uh, Miami's own city girls showed up and showed out on a new episode of Respectfully Justin. <clears throat> the rappers open up about their current and past relationships <clears throat> while defining what it takes to be a city girl and spot broke men. To be a city girl, you got to be on your on your shit because a lot of bitches think that being a city girl is a slut. Bomb ass bitch who just out here fucking, who can't find no nigga to love them, said JT. You got to find you a nigga who going to treat you right, spend their bread, treat you like a queen, and you still getting your bag too. Now that's city girl shit, not getting drugged out at home by your broke ass motherfucking men. Bro, this is so dysfunctional. I, I pray that um, men out there that are listening to this, stay away. From if me, you, though. yeah, if you ever run into a person that speaks like that, I, I, I hope you just uh, run away. Yeah, and I'll say this other little part: the conversation <laughs> of broke men acting rich is no secret. When it is, it comes to social media on multiple occasions, men have been exposed for flaunting fake money and jewelry to fool women into believe into believe they really got a bag. However, Young Miami exposed how hard it is nowadays to separate the real from the cappers. While JT added that women will only know if a man is broke until you live with him. Honestly, if you just see a nigga from day to day, and these niggas be jet pooling, they. They be on other niggas' checks. They be taking pictures and other niggas' shit. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. This is terrible. I can't read any more of this. My head is going to explode. Mm-hmm. Look, man, what I take from it is this. I think that what people need to realize is that, like, n- no one is going to be exactly the way we want them. No one is going to be exactly the way we want them. You know, it's harder for people to find love. Because love is always attached to big titties or a big ass or a big dick or a lot of money. And it's like, that's not how love works. Mm-hmm. I, I just want people to know that. Mm-hmm. The love of your life could be a girl that's flat chested and doesn't have a lot of booty, but her value is high and she's got a good heart. Mm-hmm. Right? Ladies, I hate to break it to you, but the dude that is probably the best capable of loving you may not be rich. He may be a guy that's working an honest job and he, you know, he gets by on his own. You know, he probably don't have no big dick. Yeah. Right. And I would think I think this is the reason why the word average penis exists. Because the average man don't walk around with a big dick. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I hate to break it to him, but the average man is not walking around with a nine inch penis. The double standard be annoying me, though, especially the the type of women that are having those kind and I don't know those the city girls right. from you know I probably couldn't spot them on the street <laughs> right but um, a lot of women in that industry that are uh, rappers are getting fake bodies anyway oh my god it's it's bad it's a fucking epidemic <laughs> of women with ass injections lip yeah. injections I, and I I I've seen it personally I you know in Bakersfield yeah yeah for sure. Um, but I, I'm just saying, like the 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 type of person that is uh, going to Miami to get a, a new booty and breast implants is the same person that's like somebody yeah. has a small dick. That's it's crazy. Like, like you had a cups last month, right? 
and a flat ass. So right. you know, who are you to talk about anything? Right. And by the way, we're not judging women for not having breast or booty. That's not that's not our stance. Our stance <laughs> is is you've we you you know what? To her case, she's probably right. You probably do need a big dick. You need a big dick to be able to reach the vagina because she got a big fake ass <laughs> blocking the entry to her <laughs> vagina. <laughs> So now you got a balloon butt and yeah. you got the nerve to talk about what a man should have. That mm-hmm. is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And these are the people making these statements. I just think it's sad, man. And and um, we need to be more cognizant of what we're following, and what we're listening to. If a man came out and said something, by the way, Kevin Samuels, a lot of women hate Kevin Samuels. And I'll say this. I don't agree with everything Kevin Samuels says. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But when he makes a statement, and says like men don't want no don't overweight women. If you overweight, nobody wants you. Mm-hmm. Like men, men want a woman that is fit and is in shape and who is submissive and all of that. And women like, oh hell no, fuck this motherfucker, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But then women turn right around and when she say if he got a small dick, I would cheat on him. You damn right, girl. I sure would too. Mm-hmm. This is sad, man. Yeah, I mean, and at what point is like sex? I would say sex is overrated and underrated in a relationship. Facts. And it's overrated because like you're you can only have so much sex. Like outside of that sexual encounter, you still have to talk to one another. You still have to right. you know communicate. You still have to do things together and you know organize your life. And you know if you live together, you got to pay bills and all this is just an entire life that you have outside of it. But also, it's you know it's an important aspect to your relationship because that's what some people would deem as like a uh, physical form of, of love or something like that. Right, so if right. it's not actually working out, like, it's just like, yo, this is a, a huge part of my life or it, even as uh, the, like the therapeutic part of it, you know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like <clears throat> you, you were, I, I don't know if you said it on the podcast, but you were saying it before, like certain women act like they, they act a little bit uh, more, I don't even know how to explain it, but, they not as argumentative or they, you know, they may not be, uh, there may not be as much conflict if there's like a, a sexual relationship or the sexual dynamic in your relationship is actually being fulfilled on yeah, both sides. And, and there's money. And wait, what? And there's money. What you mean? If you, if you make a decent living and you have good dick, there will hardly be any arguments. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I agree with you, but I feel like a, a woman will find anything to argue about. Oh, they do. They argue about anything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why is this plate on the dresser? <laughs> oh, my God. Your shirt's on the bed again? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, women did be... Oh These my are God. the wrong Balenciagas. Oh, my God. You're breathing. Fuck. <laughs> Why are you breathing so loud? Why are you breathing? <laughs> Breathe through your nose. Oh, my God. The way you're breathing towards me is making me uncomfortable right now. I'm going to call the police. The way you're farting is sexual harassment. <laughs> Yo. Yo. If I got the police called I'm on me for farting, bro. Oh my God. Yo, man. That's some treacherous farts, man. Oh my goodness. That's, That's hilarious. Funny. Hey, we had a great conversation about farts. Uh, I don't know what podcast. That it was, was a long ass time yeah. ago. Yeah. But that, like, as much as it sounds like super frivolous, um, that is super important because, like you were saying, there's some people that have, like, 
that like low key be going in on a women or uh yeah mostly like guys going in on girls for farting like yeah don't ridiculous. fart don't fart around me that sounds there crazy. was a girl that told me she didn't she was with her boyfriend for a year and she never farted in front of him once crazy I'm like, yo, if you got to fart, let that shit out, yo. Like, yeah. that's, that is a part of being a human being is farting. Yeah. Here's the fucked up thing. We live in a society that's so fucked up that people feel comfortable posting a selfie with somebody they're in a relationship with before they're even farting around each other. That is weird. Yeah. So you mean to tell me, like, you holding in your farts around me, and I know your stomach got to be fucked up from holding in farts all day. Yeah. But then at the same time, you taking a selfie with me. Yeah. I think it's men. We got to break the silence, man. Mm-hmm. Men got to be the ones that break it. Like when I, I think women are never the first to fart. Mm-hmm. It's always got to be the man. I think I was the first to fart. I think men are in general. Yeah. We got to set the tone. And we got to blow a big nasty a fart nasty out one, huh? to let you know that it's okay. This yeah. is a safe space. And you then, know how Eddie has a great relationship with this podcast because this nigga farted like five times. On, on oh man! Five. While the podcast was in session, <laughs> yeah. One time, one time, I think the people caught it. That's just a. <laughs> I didn't care, man. I'm not trying to hold in my farts for y'all. When do you? What is? What is your time frame as far as like farting in front? Farting of in front of women, I would say when whenever you feel really comfortable, whenever mm-hmm. you you're really transparent. That could be soon. That could be as soon as two weeks, three, yeah. three weeks. Like if y'all having these conversations and like she, you get a tone for who she is. She gets a tone for who you are. Then just let let that fart out. Be like, hey, my bad. And then she's like, oh my god. And she's probably still not gonna fart for a little bit. I think the first. I think the first one for me slipped out and I was like, well, we in, we we in it for good now. Yeah. And then she was like, God, thank you, Jesus, because now I can fart around you. No, women will be like, oh, thank God. Women do we have women's farts be just as egregious as, Bruh, as men. Women's farts be bad because women's farts sound like oppression because they so many years that them holding it in or, or like holding it in around mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that they, they just let it out. Women's farts be sounding like a freaking band, like a trumpet and an eight oh eight and a kick drum. This girl, this girl's fart was so bad one time she farted. It was like nah 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 <laughs> nah 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 nah. <laughs> Hey, 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 goodbye. <laughs> I was like, fuck that smells. Yeah. The worst the worst thing you can do to a woman when she fart, because they, they already be self-conscious. And no matter how comfortable you are, like they, there's some still some sort of like self-consciousness about it. Um, you just play dead after they fart. <laughs> <laughs> this one girl's fart smells so bad, I called her Lenny Crappets. <laughs> I want to get away. I want to fly away. <laughs> I'm a crazy. Horrible, man. Yeah, we went on a tangent. But yeah, I think you get a gist of it, man. Mm-hmm. It's an, I think we got to stop being... we Like, as far as any type of relationships go, this type of immature conversation will never get you anywhere. Yeah. It's dysfunctional. Yeah. It's dysfunctional, folks. And I'm not just talking about women. You know, I'm talking about men, what our expectations are of women. She got to have big titties and a big booty or I'm cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dog, you will never be happy because you've connected a big ass and big titties to, to happiness. And that's not real. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's only aesthetics. 
Yeah. But the the true the true value of a person exists more than skin deep. I know you've heard that a million <clears> times, <throat> but it's it's uh that's a fact, man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I th- I think I, I the the thing that I hate about it the most is that like sometimes uh nonsense um or people speaking nonsense have the loudest voices. Yep. So, I think you know the the voice that she has and the platform she has if she created a narrative to um allow women to um let or just to let women know that all this surface level stuff is it comes in fourth and fifth place you know what i mean right just certain aesthetics you know if she was like yeah you know it don't matter what size he is as long as he got a good heart as long as he got a good head on his shoulders you know, you could figure the rest out later. Yeah. I think that 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 type of narrative would have radiated so much further than uh, or I think this one radiated pretty far. But I would just hope that like, you know, younger women because these uh, younger women are very impressionable and they have a lot of fans. They have right. a huge fan base. Um, so, if, you know, if you could give that kind of message to 18 year old, 19 year old, you know, 17 uh, year old women that are listening to their music because. What happens is that this kind of this these kind of narratives by these artists start to become Bible. Yeah, they start to sculpt <clears throat> the views of people out in the world. Yeah, so it's some seventeen-year-old girl, and they don't at seventeen. They depending on their sexual history, they don't really even have anything to compare it to. Facts outside of maybe porn. So, right. you know, if a regular nigga come in and he dropping four and a half inch dick off, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, uh-uh, get stick that little dick back in your shorts. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> oh man. I think the thing too, like this is just off this is kind of a tangent, but I think that the whole idea of regardless of what it is, I think foreplay or whatever starts outside of the bedroom. Like yeah. if like it if you treat women with respect, you know what I mean, and you're actually a man worth being respected, yeah, then I think that all the extra shit that women try to talk about means a little less. Like if you're a person with integrity and you treat women good and you know how to handle your business in the bedroom, then that's just gonna, that's just an, that's just you're a saying plus. That all that is foreplay. It's all foreplay. Yeah. Foreplay yeah. is not just something that happens in the bedroom. Like if you actually treat women with respect, then yeah. they are a lot more turned on for you because you actually value them as a human being. A lot yeah. of dudes think you could treat a woman like shit and then you fuck them and they like, yeah, you like that? And she's like, not really. I think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that um, a, a great first date and not even like, that, I think like spitting game is out is outdated. It's outdated. It's yeah, trash. You don't even have to do that. Um, I'm saying like having a great first date, like y'all go out and, you know, y'all just, you just talking about. You know, whatever it may be, like you're talking about your life, you're talking about um, your your job, you're talking about school, whatever it is, um, and you're just having a great conversation. It's just flowing. Later on, the pussy juice is going to be flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that one. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's that man. Uh, switching gears. Um, the customer is always right is a bullshit statement, all right? And <clears throat> the reason why I thought about this was there was a video that went viral recently <clears throat> and there was a man that was recording this uh, worker that was at a hotel and he says, 
uh, yeah, so why'd you do that? I just asked you for something simple. So why'd you hit, why'd you slap the computer? Why'd you slap the computer when I try to talk to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, I'm sorry, sir. And he's like, so he said, he said something like, so this is why you did that? You know, I got you recorded. And then finally the dude lost his mind and he fucking smashed his head into the computer like four or five times. And then he was like, he just started crying. He was like, you ruined my life, man. You ruined my life. And then the dude kept recording him like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Not to mention he was punching himself in the head. He was punching himself in the yeah. head. He was punching the shit out of himself in the head. It was so sad, man. Yeah. Well, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the customer is always right as a bullshit statement. Sometimes the customer is verbally abusive and because their own life sucks, they're looking for an outlet to treat somebody mm-hmm. like shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you look at a McDonald's worker and you know that they get paid minimum wage and you hate your life, you want to find somebody probably equally that you think hates their life, too. Yeah. And you want to treat them like nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've seen a lot of people yell and scream at McDonald's workers and Taco Bell workers and other people. And I'm like, motherfucker, if you don't like the order, go home and make your own food. Yeah. You're, you're here because you want a service. If you don't like the service, just get your money and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But it's not cool to verbally abuse people doing a job. That is not right. Yeah, that is not OK, man. There's been times. I remember one time I was in Walmart. This is why it's important to be respectful in general, but being respectful to people that do customer service. Mm-hmm. I was at Walmart one day. This girl was looking like really down, really down, really down. She was doing my transaction. <clears throat> and I didn't even ask her, like, how you doing today? But I, finally, when I was about to do it, she just like stopped and she was really stressed out. And the girl and the lady right behind me, this is pre-COVID, by the way. She said, oh, my goodness, are you OK? She's like, my mom just died. And she just started crying like tears coming out like just yeah then the lady walked from behind me went over there and hugged her and i said you know we just had a little quick conversation i said i'm praying for you i'm sorry that you know this went on Mm -hmm. so you have no idea what people are going through why is she even the sad part is why is she at work yeah i guess she just did pass but i'm just saying like not that um right anything you're saying is wrong i'm just saying like why are we in a society where, like I said before, my cousin had to miss my uncle's funeral because he had to take a class for That's his job. crazy, yeah. You know what I mean? This girl is at work, you know, while her, you know, she, I don't know if she just found out or if it was right, a day right, before, right. whatever the case, but why is she even in a situation where she can't, she don't have enough time to grieve? Yeah. She at work depressed, you know, not even looking people in the eye, whatever the case may be. It's just a sad situation that that's a society we live in. You can't even fucking grieve, man. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you just never know mm-hmm. what someone's going through. Yeah. And I think that people are real quick to pull out their phones. I'll tell your manager. I'll matter of fact, I'll speak to the regional manager. Yeah. If you don't get you gave me the wrong burger two times and then you said this and that. Did you not say that? I have you on video. If you don't take your raggedy ass the fuck out of here, stop stop pulling out your phone on everybody. Yeah. It's not always needed. Every time the cops come up. You don't got to pull your phone out every single time. Yeah. Every single time. I remember one time I seen a, a, it was some cops eating lunch at some restaurant and some dude walked up with his phone and he started recording the cops and the cop was like, why are you recording me, man? He's like, because I can. 
That niggas. It's not against the law to record the cops. They was eating I lunch, hate bro. It, man. They was eating lunch. If you bust the police and the act of doing something illegal, by all means, please pull your phone out. Yeah. But like, yo, we live in a culture that want to bust a fucking phone out every other minute. Somebody to, eating lunch. Yes, yeah, so the cop eating lunch. Like, yo, like, why are you recording me, yo? Like, what? what because fuck? I can. That's a stupid answer. Because too. I can. It's a free country. Mm-hmm. What's your name? What's your badge number? I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, come on. Yeah, so this uh, this idea or this cliche that the customer is always right, it comes from a place of privilege. Right. Um, it's it's only afforded to the Walmarts, the McDonald's, the uh, Chipotle's, the In-N-Out's, because what happens is in, in their mind, um, giving if somebody like say somebody comes back and says like, hey, you, you left a patty off of my thing and they may be lying or whatever the case may be, or you, you forgot to give me my fries and um you know, they come back and maybe they tuck the fries in their car and they walk back in in the bag and they showed you, you know, they had the proof or whatever. This comes from a place of privilege because they realize that some sort of uh, conflict with this uh, customer or some sort of disagreement with this customer um, is by just giving them what they want, which may be another hamburger or another uh, uh, set of fries or whatever the case, that's like, that's pennies to them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's going to go much further keeping a disgruntled customer happy um, than it is to have some sort of conflict or have a video go viral or, you know, this person running in here. And like you said, you know, recording, recording whatever is going on or blasting them on Yelp or whatever right. um, sort of reviewing page um, that does much more damage than giving them a 50 cent. Um, bucket of fries or whatever. So True. that that's that's where that come from. The reason I disagree is, you know, I, I agree with you on, you know, the same reason why you feel like that the cliche is nonsense. I also disagree because customers are oftentimes wrong. So Facts. for me, I, I'm, you know, I'm speaking from experience, right? So I sell things online. <clears throat> One day I had sold um, these... Um, these pops, these Funko pops, they're like, you know, these popular toys that a lot of people like to collect. Um, and they were like, this dude bought like three Charmander pops, right? Um, so I shipped them out. Everything was good. The dude got it. And what happens too on like, you know, these different platforms and whatnot, people t- people tend to talk very casually um, like we're texting each other when, you know, this is actually like a place of business. <laughs> so the dude was like, oh, so you selling bootleg pops, huh? I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> and if I went with that dumbass cliche that the customer is always right, I would have been like, yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. I'll get you your money back. And, you know, you could keep the toys or whatever. But no, I actually stood, stood my ground. I was like, no, this is not, this is not a, a bootleg product. These are, uh, these are authentic Pops, I get them from a certain source. This is a source authenticated by the actual Funko company. I have a seller's permit business, all this kind of stuff. And um, the dude, he wrote back. He was like, I can guarantee you 100% that these are wrong. And basically, he was saying they were wrong compared to one other one that he had bought. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, there's no, I don't have any pictures of what you have. I don't, there's no reference point. I don't know. You know, I don't know why you would think that the the one you bought before was any more authentic than mine. And then also, you know, I sell on a platform to where you can't really sell fake stuff. Right. You know, I have hundreds and hundreds of sales um, and I never gotten that sort of complaint. So I was right. like, first of all, I have a, a history of not selling fake stuff. 
um, the only time I did sell, I'm not even going to tell the story, but (laughs) the only time I did sell something fake is when I said it was fake, you know what I mean? Uh, And it was like, it was, it was something to where it was like, Hey, you know, it would be dope to have this one, even if it's fake. And some people like to buy fake, fake pops, but I've never misled anyone to try to make something, um, that wasn't real, um, come off as real. Um, so I just say that to say like, oftentimes the customer is wrong. Sometimes, you know, people will hit me up on there and they'll be like, Hey, I didn't get one of the pops. I ordered three, but you sent two. And I'd be like, all right, cool. Or, you know, I ordered this and this didn't come or this was damaged or whatever. Um, and then I take care of that. But I feel like in those situations where niggas be on some nonsense, you got to let them know like, yo, this is, this is, this is what it is. And you're, you're actually wrong in this case. And if, if you don't believe what I'm saying or, you know, there's some sort of conflict, then we can take it up with the right. the higher ups. 100%, man. I think that the customer is always right. Is It's basically it's terminology used by corporations uh, to protect their bottom line and, mm-hmm. and to stop workers from um, uh, basically protecting themselves from abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of jobs that we do in society are horrible for our mental health. And I think customer service is the worst. Yeah. Um, people could come in and say, your mom's a fucking bitch. Make my burgers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what people yeah. be doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Your mom's a bitch. Make my burger. Yeah. The thing, the crazy part is they have they, they when you're um, in this like service industry, people feel like they have so much power over you. Exactly. Like your little meal isn't doing your, your little meal isn't really paying my salary. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like if you spent, I don't know how much, you know, a person would make, but if you, if you buy a five, a $5 meal from whatever, like Wendy's or whatever, um, that ain't doing, that ain't really paying my, no. that ain't really paying my salary. No. So you get this type of customer service you're going to get is $5 worth of customer service. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't even buy a combo. <laughs> Cheap ass motherfucker. <laughs> you just bought the sandwich. That's crazy. Yeah. If people, I've seen people fight tooth and nail, and and when I see someone arguing with um, any representative at any place, that tells me something's not going right in your life. Yeah, something's not going because you have this pent up energy and anger. You're trying to unpack that shit mm-hmm. instead of going to therapy. You're going off on a McDonald's worker. Imagine like a psychologist, like a somebody studying psychology working at McDonald's or right. something like that. How that argument would go? I'll be way different. They'd be like, your father's, he'd be like, you're a bastard. I hate your family. Your mother's going to die. And he'd be like, okay, um, I think you're having a sort sort of like disagreement with your child right now. How does that make you feel? And they would feel so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> they probably use a racial slur. Like, Nigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so you're doing what they're calling projecting right now you're projecting just start using all kind of like different vocabulary yeah basically it. this is reinforced trauma from your childhood <laughs> what i need you to do is put your left hand over your heart and tell yourself i will no longer hate myself <laughs> You wouldn't be crazy. Like five minutes ago, you was going off on me over a McDouble. And now I got you like really crying, unpacking your tra- your whole life's trauma over here. That's why. Let, let's be clear, too. Let's be clear. The same people that a lot of y'all look down on. I'm not saying our listeners do this, but a lot the same people like that look down upon um, customer service like McDonald's 
You do realize that Missy Elliott worked at McDonald's, right? You do realize that a bunch of people who are wildly successful started at McDonald's. Keith Fingers so, worked at McDonald's. Keith, Kate, Keith worked at McDonald's. Yeah. He was a McDouble making son of a bitch. I was getting, yeah, back there flipping him things. Yeah, he's flipping it, man. He we was, don't even, you don't really flip burgers. That's like it's a, a machine. Old, huh? That's an antiquated way of uh, yeah. you know, talking, but it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we'll get to a story you had mentioned about the burgers there, too. But. <laughs> but People, somebody might be at their starting point in their life, and here you are, a grown adult that hates your fucking life. You hate it. You hate your job. You hate your life. You hate your wife. You hate everything, and you want to go in here and get a burger, and you feel like this is the perfect place Mm -hmm. for you to minimize someone, for you to tear them apart. And it's like, dude, this is fucked up, because the same, you may hate your life, but the person that's working at McDonald's. Is going to be worth 40, 60, 70, 80 million dollars one day. And they're going to remember when they got treated that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a, that's going to be a, 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 like, I guess a moment of motivation for them to get out and do what they're passionate about. Oh, that's, I think that's for, for a person that's already uh, a forward thinker. um, Once you go through those type of situations, it, that's like, that's all the motivation you need. Because when I was working at McDonald's, I was like, man, I'm I'm above cleaning a toilet. I'm above doing I'm above like being on call for, you know, just to cover three hour, four hour shift on my day off. Like, I just felt like I was above a lot of stuff that was going on there. So, um, yeah, when I I, and I still, you know, I still kind of, you know, think about those type of situations and use that as uh motivation in, in my current state 100 percent, man <clears throat> uh remember that story you told me about the mcdouble that you cooked or some or the machine got stuck and then it yeah. liquefied it all right switching gears uh mcdonald's has terrible food <laughs> 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 nah uh so one day i was so the the uh the grill basically the grill is like uh it's almost like a clam like thing so basically you kind of uh press down on the meat it's like a George Foreman, like a big George Foreman grill, Pause. basically. Huh? Pause. Press down on the meat. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, man. <laughs> Yo, no homo, son. Don't press it down on no meat, son. <laughs> nah, but um, so it's like a basically just imagine like a huge George Foreman grill. Um, and what we what we do is you just put the meat on there. Um, you season it. Or no, you season it afterwards. You put the meat on there. You press down the thing. You put the timer on there, um, and then you after when it lifts up, you put the seasoning on there. You put it in the little tray, and then you stick it in the like the the warming station, right? Um, that's how it normally goes. But what happened was the McDonald's I was working at working at was it was on its last leg, and they weren't trying to put any more money into it because they were rebuilding it anyways, right? So we had these uh, <clears throat> we had these grills that were barely functional, and oh, um, and um, basically what was happening was the grills weren't coming up when they were supposed to. Like you know, you put the timer on and they, they they lift up automatically. Yeah. So and there was nothing we could do about it until they had until they lifted up. So sometimes it would work and it would be fine. It would come up after like 30, 45 seconds or whatever. And sometimes it will it will raise up like three minutes later. So what was happening was it was busy and then uh, we threw the uh, we threw the meat under there and then we, we would press it down, put the 45 seconds or whatever. And then after the 45 seconds, the beeper went off, but it didn't raise up. 
So we was like, God dang, it's getting busy. What are we going to do? So we just ended up using like the other side that was actually working a little bit better. Um, we used the other side and we was cooking all the meat. So while all this is going, I'm probably going through four or five different uh, batches of uh, cooking, you know, different meat. So that's like it was probably like 10, 15 minutes later. I finally, you know, looked back over to the side where the other grill was, and then it just raised up out of nowhere. It raised up like Jesus after three days of being in hell. So it just raised up, right? And then I'm just looking at the meat. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, this meat is gonna be crispy. It's gonna be uh it's gonna look like like a burnt cookie or something like that. But no, that wasn't even the case when it raised up. It was like liquefied. It looked like a chocolate, like uh, milkshake or something like oh that. And I kind of like scraped it and swirled it around, and it was just like a milky oh. kind of like substance. So I was just like, "We really out here eating liquid beef?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. liquid beef. <laughs> 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 we gotta cut this Martin Luther King stuff out, man. We gotta stop doing that. We gotta stop doing that, man. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I would suggest anybody out there, if you like, I, I feel like laughter is like a really good formula to brighten up somebody's day. Right. So what you should do is just send Eddie your number, and then he'll send you a random voice message or oh. voice message. <laughs> And you would just be laughing like this nigga's stupid, man. I think I sent one recently to Keith. It was Martin Luther King. Like, welcome to the Truckers Mind Podcast. It's your boy K Fang. Oh, man. I'm stupid. Oh, man. I do that to people that I'm real close with. I just send them some shit. They're like, what the fuck? The crazy part is your pops used to you. I, you got that from your pops. Uh, he low key used to do it sometimes. Yeah, he used to do that, like leave voicemails and stuff like that. You like that might be that. funny. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> to close this whole topic here is uh, whenever you go to any restaurant or any place or anyone's doing customer service, they're doing a job. But you know, you don't realize this person could have just lost their family member. Mm-hmm. This person's probably going through mental health issues. I mean, this probably this person's probably barely able to pay their bills, whatever. Um, just be courteous. And if you can't be courteous, leave the restaurant, go somewhere else. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I think that um, we as human beings, we go through a lot. You know what I mean? I did two podcasts after my uncles had passed away in one um, in one month. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was even certain certain stuff that I had planned and different gigs that I had set up and I had to cancel those. Right. So you just never really know like what people are going through. Um, so I think it's it's super important just to just be respectful, even if there's some sort of conflict. You know what I mean? If they gave you the wrong order or whatever, right. there's no reason to. um to uh, be disrespectful in those situations and, and vice versa. I, I've seen situations where um, the employee starts to starts to have some sort of tone in their voice and starts to right. be disrespectful. So, you know, just be cordial. I think, you know, being cordial in conflict is probably one of the most difficult things that we can do um, in our society. But it's um, something that I think we all should work on. Hundred percent. I'll tell you a little about something about me and Keith. I remember when Keith, um, unfortunately, recently lost 
uh, his uncles, he didn't walk around treating people disrespectful or felt like he had a license to be mm-hmm. mean or just sad and, and intrusive on everyone's life. He was still Keith. Mm-hmm. I remember it was a podcast. I forgot the episode, but <clears throat> I was getting back to back calls from my dad and I finally we stopped the podcast. We normally don't stop the podcast. We usually just keep it going. But I stopped it, took a phone call. He told me he had cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I got right back on a podcast like, you know, like nothing like 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 nothing. I just Stunned finished the out. podcast, started off and just did my thing. Then mm-hmm. a different day, then he called me back and told me it was terminal and he had one to three years to live. And, and and I got my tears off. And then the next day I was doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. So the reason why we're bringing this up is because people are going through the same shit as us or probably worse. Yeah. And just because we can function out into the world a certain way, most people really don't have that same like uh, attitude. Sometimes they're working, they're really, really sad, and they're trying to smile because their job is telling them, mm-hmm. make sure that the customers see you smile when you go yeah, there. Yeah. And you're thinking like, you motherfucker, I just, my dad just died, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Man, I got to fucking smile for you motherfuckers that aren't even paying me that much money. And then to make it worse, now you got a customer like, hey. Where's my fucking sandwich? Yeah. Where's my fucking sandwich? You minimum wage asshole. Yeah. So I think the best thing we can do as human human beings is learn to compartmentalize. Right. Um, because if not, you're gonna be running around giving people bad energy because of someone else. Like right. I'll give you I'll give you a great example, right? So um my I with my with my car. I've had a, a lapse of insurance um, twice now, right? So I had a, I had insurance on my car. Um, the first issue was like from a state to state thing. So that was the first issue. I paid the fine. It was like six hundred dollars. I was like, man, it dreaded me to even pay that much because I was like, this is stupid. I don't I don't want to pay six hundred dollars for this car. And my car is like it's a it's a bucket. You know, it ain't even it ain't even something that I could really hang my hat on. But it gets me around. So there's there's not a problem with that. <clears throat> so the second time um, I just got a, a letter in the mail from um, from the DMV and they basically said like, hey, we noticed that there was a lapse in your insurance. Let us know what's going on. So I, I hop on um, the website, the DMV website, and I type the uh, I type the little access code in or whatever. <clears throat> and then I realized that the fine is now it went from six hundred. Now the fine is a thousand dollars. A thousand and one dollars now, so it's like a five hundred dollar fine, another five hundred dollar fine, and then it's a one dollar like transfer fee. So um, at that point, I was like, I had so many emotions. I was furious. I was kind of disappointed in myself because I allowed my insurance to lapse. Like it was all kind of like just thoughts going through my my head, and you know, you know, just just anger and frustration and all these kind of things. And I'm just sitting here, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what the best option is going to be. Should I sell my car? Should I get a new car? Should I get a car payment? Whatever. Uh, what, what, you know, what should I do next kind of thing? Right. <clears throat> but prior to me checking that, I had to drop my mom off at the doctor. And um, um, I was in the office space so I dropped my mom off and I came to the office space and I'm handling all this, this DMV nonsense. Right. So after, um, I had to pick my mom up and my mom was like, um, she was like, uh, basically the lady calls and she's like, Hey, your mom is ready to be picked up. Right. And then my mom, you could hear in the background and she's like, Hey, tell my son to get my purse. And I was like, 
I was I got annoyed because I was like, I'm not at home. You know what I mean? I'm not at my mom's house or whatever. So right. I instantly got annoyed and I'm just sitting here like I was like, I'm, I was like, what do you mean? Like, get your purse. Because at first I initially thought like hey, maybe it's, she left it in my car or something like that. And she was like, the purse is in my room. And I was like, oh, God, dang, I got to go back home. And I, this is it's a whole thing. Um, but what I realized in that instance is that um, I was only mad about going to get her purse because I was hey. annoyed by the DMV. There you go. But um, in when in to make it all worse. <clears throat> so my mom had like a she had like a, a shot or whatever that she had to get right to make it all worse. Um, when I called her, when I got into her room, I was like, hey, I don't know. Like, wh- where's your purse at? And she was like. Um, just grab the $20 that's on the dresser. And I was like, all right, cool. She was like, yeah, I just wanted it because I was hungry. So imagine me going off on my mom like, man, I ain't going to get your purse. I'm just going to pick you up and drop you off. And she's like, yo, I just want the $20 because I was hungry. You know what I mean? Like just how, so that's why I tell people out there, like the best thing you can learn to do is just compartmentalize. So don't bring, don't bring your work there you go. Home to your family, no matter what you're going through. And it, it may be hard. It may be difficult. And you may have to have some, you know, some sort of system or some sort of learning that goes with that. But don't bring your uh, your work home to your kids or your, or your wife. And the same thing for us. We don't bring our worldly problems to the podcast. We try to make sure we have a good time on here make <laughs> sure we laugh. Um, and like you said, like Eddie said, when he when he found out his dad was going through some stuff, he came right on the pod, had a had a great podcast. And same thing with me. Day, literally a day after a funeral, I come on here, we laugh and joke and having a good time. So right. um, that's the, the most important thing I think we can yeah. learn. Every situation is its own. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with each situation differently. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, that's the only way you can operate, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great story, Keith. Yeah, All right. Switching gears. Um, college professor uh, goes off on a student. And I'll give you the reason why. All right. Um, Professor on leave after berating student for calling police heroes. Uh, It says an adjunct professor teaching her first ever course at a California college was placed on leave this week after she was short lived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Leave leave this week after uh, after she ripped a student during a class presentation because he said the that he regards police officers as heroes. The unidentified Cypress College educator was apparently triggered Wednesday during 19-year-old business major Brandon Ellis Zoom presentation on cancel culture in the U.S., in which he noted as even animated kids' TV shows such as Paw Patrol have come under fire from unhinged cop haters, Fox News reported. A lot of police officers have committed an atrocious crime and have gotten away with it and have never been convicted of any of it, she declared during the verbal communication class. Which was posted online and quickly went viral. We mm-hmm. have a bad, we have bad people, and the people and the people that do bad things should be brought to justice. The student calmly responded, "I agree with that." Um, so it says, "So what is your bottom? What is your bottom line point?" The teacher demanded. "You're saying police officers should be revered, viewed as heroes? They belong on TV shows with children?" And then, <laughs> and the kid answered, "I think they are heroes in the sense because they come to your need to help you." When Ellis asked the professor, she would she would call the police if she were in trouble. She insisted she would not. I don't trust them. My life is in more danger in their presence, she said, ending the discussion before she could be uh, queried further. All right. Uh, Here's my take. I think that there's two extremes that exist there. There's a dude that's calling the police heroes and there's one that's calling them 
permanent enemies. I don't agree with either one of them. I agree with the fact that police can be in situations where they do heroic things. I think by putting on a police uniform, it doesn't make you a hero. I think that by doing things and doing the making tough decisions and, and aiding people's lives is a heroic act. That's what I will say. Mm-hmm. But them being <clears throat> heroes, I wouldn't say that. They they all they have to do a job. And them being enemies permanently, I definitely don't agree with that. Because at the end of the day, when some shit's popping off at your house, um, I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. I'm calling the police. I'm a law-abiding citizen. If somebody's doing something that's fucked up, I'm calling the cops. Mm-hmm. And it's basically you live in a weird space. If you say I'm not calling the cops because I'm in more in danger when the cops show up. I'm thinking like it's is this this lady black. No, no, it's it's a white lady. She tripping. Yeah, she's bought into this idea. This is what happens when you live in an echo. She must think she Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, she she probably got a little bit black in her. Um, (laughs) When you when you buy into this narrative. Right. When you live in it, I think they both live in echo chambers. I think that one is liberal and one is conservative. I think mm-hmm. the one that thinks that cops are mortal em- enemies are mm-hmm. and she's definitely liberal. And that dude is conservative because he's looking at the cops as, you know, heroes. I think that both of these things are extremes from both sides. I think that when you can say that the police have a job to do and they can be an axe that can be heroic, that's, you know, that's that's the truth. But it's also true that cops do get in situations where they beat people up and things of that nature. But I also think that a lot of those things are highlighted more than anything because of how the media works. Mm-hmm. The media can't put out a story about the cops doing something good and it goes viral. That's not going to go viral. Yeah. What goes viral is uh, Tyrone Jenkins gets slapped in the face by a BPD or mm-hmm. that's going to go viral. Mm-hmm. But there is a bunch of cops that are doing a job and going home and. They're not beating people up also. So multiple things are true. Yeah. I think that the I think the job itself is a very heroic job. Like, you know, like you said, anybody putting on a uniform because the, you know, their slogan or their um, quote is to protect and serve. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think with that comes um, what human beings are putting on those uniforms. So, right. you know, human beings and like we spoke about on a previous subject, Human brings are human beings are bringing in the their lives. They're bringing in their traumas. They're bringing in their uh, their discrimination. They're bringing in their racism. All these kind of things into their jobs, and they're just putting on these uniforms. Mm. Um, so to to me, I would like you said something that the 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 real the real situation or the real uh, narrative about cops lies somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, but I, to me, I I, I would. I would lean towards, you know, calling them heroes <clears throat> just because that's how I view anybody that's of service. Right. Like I, mm. I tell my girl as a teacher and I tell her like, yo, you're, I, you're a real superhero because. What about know, a McDonald's worker though? I mean, like, you know, you know, this <laughs> broke ass niggas need to get her. And I'm just playing. <laughs> but jobs like, you know, firefighters, right, um, right. teachers, um, sex workers, sex workers. Yeah, they got a, a place out there. They real super superheroes, but um, <laughs> super hoes. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's super hoe. Super. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> she can <laughs> faster than a speeding bullet. 
She she can leap tall dicks in a single bound. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. But no, like that. That's how I view the and like. What the heck is going on? I don't know. The fuck was that? The mic. That sounds like World War Two is going on out there. You hear that shit? Wow, that shit sound like it sound like some sort of ammunition going off. That shit sound like Syria out there. <laughs> <laughs> that sound crazy. Sound like the Gaza Strip out there. <laughs> God, you know it's crazy. Like in the Middle East, like I don't know if it's real or you know. Sometimes like they like to paint narratives about countries and whatnot. Right. Um, so I can't I can't say for sure, but. When you be watching like these different movies, you know, and these different army films and stuff like that, it'd be just like that. Like people would be cooking dinner. It'd be freaking U.S. military shooting freaking rifles right past your house and all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's so, nuts, man. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> back to what I was saying, that that language, I, I use that type of language. You know, like I said, I you know, like as far as teachers or, you know, my girl, I, I would call her a superhero or anybody in a service job as far as a fireman. I just watched uh, The King of Staten Island yesterday. It's the uh Pete Davidson movie. It's kind of, it's kind of like it's I like a loose seen that yet. It's a like a loose biopic, but you know you you heard about his dad, right? Like his dad died in like 9/11 or something like that. Nah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, he he always makes these like very dark jokes about his dad dying and stuff. But um it's kind of it's kind of like a coming of age story and it's you know and it speaks more to like him kind of coming to terms with you know, firefighters, you know, he had a, a very, uh, he had a disdain towards the career because he's like, yo, like, you know, as, as a father, you're supposed to raise me. You're supposed to be there at my, uh, basketball games, my baseball games or whatever, but you passed away in the line of work. Um, so, you know, that it was basically him kind of, uh, you know, learning about himself, learning about his father and learning to cope with, you know, the way his father passed and how he left him behind. <clears throat> Because the way he looked at his father was a very selfish person, right? But I say that, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I'm just saying, like, he, he had to learn that, like, yo, like, these, like, he he had a narrative about firefighters that was probably unconventional because he was very, he was very close to it. Like, his father right. died. So, he the way he looked at firefighters was like, no, you guys are you guys are putting your risking your lives unnecessarily and leaving leaving behind families and putting yourself at risk even though you have wives and kids and stuff at home but he kind of learned to realize like yo these people are actually doing great deeds like if if this god forbid but this, if this building caught on fire right now firefighters would be here in a heartbeat right. you know putting out the fire and i have in my um the apartments that i lived at or that i live at had caught on fire before right and we had to call you know, the fire department and then it came out and they put it out and stuff like that. So I just look at these people in a certain light, like, yo, you guys are really out here, um, you know, doing, right. doing, doing good services. Obviously there's some, there's some, uh, people that take, take that, uh, badge or whatever as a sign of power. And, you know, they out here manipulating and, um, living above the law and stuff like that. But those are, you know, those are the people that, um, that I'm not necessarily talking about, but right. <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there that are risking their lives and stuff like that. So I'm saying like I, I would deem some of these people as as uh, superheroes, but I, I do feel like 
these two people they were communicating from the reason why extremes yeah they're from super extremes and their reason why they couldn't have a cordial conversation is because of that you know right. if if a person there's no way shape or form that that conversation should have ended in any sort of conflict if the no. if the if the uh, teacher would have been you know been able to communicate like hey you know there are some police officers that have done this and i just seen the other day where this uh, it's like a motorcycle. <laughs> a fucking hot rod going down the street. <laughs> Maybe those freaking motorcycles revving up or whatever. But um, whoa, wait a minute. That's Optimus Prime. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Nah, but um, if the teacher would have just said like, "Hey, I understand that you believe these cops are superheroes," I wouldn't. If as a teacher, I wouldn't even oppose. I wouldn't even um, put my opinion on the class. Mm. I think one of the greatest uh, teachers that I had um, was Mr. Adams. And I still don't really know where he li- he uh, falls as far as like his political views, because he kind of protected his political views away from the class. And I think he did. He, he was a government teacher. And I think he did a good job of doing that, because imagine if you have this super conservative or super liberal mm. teacher in the class. And every time we have a discussion about government or politics or whatever, he's that. like forcing his opinion um, on everybody. It's through like a conservative or liberal lens. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and it doesn't breed for um, like a very like great learning environment. But if he if uh, if the teacher would have just asked some questions like, hey, so what do you think about, you know, police officers getting away with you know, killing unarmed people or what do you feel about um, the situation that is going on? What do you feel about Derek Chauvin and these kind of, do you think he's a superhero? I think that would have, you know, breeded a great conversation for the class, not coming off as like all, all cops are bad. And, you know, uh, I would never call a police officer to help me out and stuff like that. Um, Especially a 19 year old kid. This guy is young. He's super impressionable. Yeah. Here's the thing. My question is, First of all, how did she become a college professor? She is a horrible communicator. Yeah. Like you're arguing with a 19-year-old. I think as a 36-year-old man, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm arguing a point with a 19-year-old. Where we're literally going back and forth. She's probably like a master's student that ended up. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm not saying. I'm just saying like she's not. I'm just saying that to say she's not like the most super qualified. She's an adjunct professor. You know. Right. I just think that as a person of age, though. I think that you have to control the conversation. I think you hold power in any conversation when you're the one that's level headed. You're willing to listen. There's some people I've had conversations with where I can tell if I was to give them the same exact energy they gave me, then we would be yelling and screaming at each other. But what I do is I watch how they communicate. No, no, see, that's why. And then, and, and then when you just respond like this, when you're like, oh, wow. So how long have you really thought about this and that? They're like, well, uh, um, uh, I, I think when I you bring them down a notch, yeah. When you're able to control that whole conversation <laughs> by being level headed, by active listening is another one. Where yeah, instead gotta of active listening, you got to active listen. <laughs> instead of just re, like Keith gave a great example. I don't know if he talked about it on the podcast. No, but that was before the that's before the podcast. Mm-hmm. But he basically said that people don't active listen. Like if you say something they'll disagree with. They'll say some extreme as a response. So you're saying that they want to kill everybody in the house and they want to do that. And you'd be like, no, I never said that. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you don't active listen. You you could you could make an argument 10 times worse. Yeah. Because you're making an assumption of the other person's saying. intentions. Yeah. Rather than really listening to what they're saying. Yeah. Now, 
there's some people that probably listened to this podcast before and they tuned out because they're like, oh, Eddie and Eddie saying this, I'm turning the podcast mm-hmm. off. And it's like, you, you, it's going to be hard for you to make it out in the real world mm-hmm. if you can't listen to other people's views. There's some people where I completely don't agree with anything they say, but I try my hardest to believe in what they say. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a great quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, even for me, like on in this in this office space we have, there are a lot of conservative people just roaming, the, you know, roaming around. There's people. There's a Trump flag out there. I think it's still flying. I don't know mm-hmm. who put it out there. The um, on the first floor, there's a person who has a, a printing company, mm-hmm. and they have um, it's a sign that says "No Blacks." <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine me waving at somebody with a no black with a no black sign? We need to put a sign friendly. outside of our. We need to put our sign outside of the office, and it's the colors only. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang, that's funny. But nah, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of conservative people in here, and you know, like I was saying on the first floor, there's a, a people that own this printing company, and they they had a. Um, Kevin McCarthy sign in their in their window. And I talk to them all the time. Like I wave at them and, you know, we we're able to have this, you know, cordial conversation. Obviously, we're not going to talk about politics, yeah. um, but I'm saying like, that, you know, there's no sort there's no sort of uh, disdain and they treat me like anybody else. So, you know, it's a it's a I don't even know where I was going with that, but, you know, it's cool. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, I think Keith got kind of lost there. He was thinking about his favorite rom-com while he was trying to have <laughs> My favorite rom- No strings attached. No, my favorite rom-com that I've seen is called uh, Silver Linings. Silver Lining Playbook? I think so. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. it's uh, with, uh, what's his name? Bridget Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. It's a really and good movie. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. It's mm-hmm. a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like a, what, a rom-com? Like, like yeah, it's a rom-com. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Actually, a really good film. I told mm-hmm. somebody... Uh, and this is fucking, this is just how people are. I don't know. I said, yo, you see that movie with Bradley Cooper called Silver Linings? He's like, really, bro? How long you been gay? I was like, nah. hey, bro. It's a good movie, fool. What the fuck? Dang, he paused you? I was pause, like, come on, bro. man. Really, Silver dude? Silver Linings? Pause. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, no. what did you uh, What did you think about uh, Mortal Kombat? Oh, great film. I liked, I, I, I liked it a lot. I think mm. Mortal Kombat... Um, they did a great job of literally upgrading all the scenes and really going in depth with the story. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any film's ever going to be um, perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. and there's going to be people that say it's good or bad. But that's subjective. That's just that's yeah. based on what you think a film should be. There's some people that are saying the first one was better than this. I'm like, yeah. dude, shut the fuck up. No, it wasn't. The f- <laughs> if you just look at the Rotten Tomato score, I, I look because I, you know, it happens where, um, especially as kids, we're victims of the moment. Like for me right. as a kid, when I seen the Mortal Kombat movie, I was like, yo, this is so dope. Sing Sub Zero got free, I mean, ice coming out of his hands and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was just like cool, you know, where we're, as kids, we're impressionable. We, you know, we mushy brain people trying to make past judgment on a movie yeah. that has a bunch of action and fighting and stuff. Um, so I, I looked at the Rotten Tomato score. I was like, dang, I wonder where this kind of fell in as far as like what people, uh, what critics reviewed the movie as. And it was like 2% or something like that, which is super low, you know, right. 90, you know, like uh, a Marvel movie, Marvel movie might be like 95 or something like that. Right. Um, but, you know, this, the old 90s Mortal Kombat movie was like a, a 2%. So um, that was a terrible movie. So don't try to compare this one to that one. Yeah. Um, as far as my opinion, I think that um, 
I, I, I had a hard time really getting engaged with the movie because to me it looked really cheap. Hmm. So like the some of the CGI, um, it looked it looked kind of cheap. Like some of like the the fire coming out of Luke Kane's hand and uh. stuff like that. But like even but what. Even with that, the way that Sub Zero's character was kind of like all the CGI and stuff, it looked amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it, I think somewhere along the lines, if they had like a little bit higher budget, um, they yeah. could have made uh, they could have made an amazing movie. I also think um, that the I think that the idea of the tournament is kind of played out. If that makes sense, but I think it's so many. That's the origin story, though. Yeah, but I just it's like it's like Spider Man, right? We've seen three iterations of spider-man and they all have that same oh my you know my aunt uh take care of me and my uncle died and uncle ben or whatever um i just feel like if they took one of those characters and they kind of did it in this movie but it still led back to the to the uh to the to the tournament but right. if they took like luke kane or like uh uh, what's the guy with the hat? Shao. I can't remember his name. Yeah, with I can't. The, yeah, the sharp hat. Yeah, but if they took like somebody's story and they just really told like you know their story, I think that would be cool. But you know. just taking, just basing it around that one guy, pretty much. Yeah, just telling a different story because you know I think that because people they all have backstories, but we never really hear about it because it's always about the tournament. They need to come out with a Street Fighter movie, man. But a That'd real, be fire. a real one. That That'd last one was trash. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they should tell it through. They should tell the story through the eyes of Guile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guile was uh, obviously the guy with the the high top. Mm-hmm. That you know his backstory is he was in the military. Yeah, so it would be cool to like get like you know how he got the sonic boom power. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe they was doing some science experiment while he was in the military, and then it got on him, and then he had the power of the sonic boom, or mm-hmm. you know. And then do Ken and Ryu. Maybe Ken and Ryu was split at birth. Yeah. That's why they got the same exact powers. Yeah. That would be dope, bro. Yeah, for sure. I think um, they have some really good uh, cartoons, like movies. Right. Um, kind of based around like some of those those same stories that we were talking about. Uh, they even had, it's on HBO Max. I haven't watched it yet. But they have like a, a only a Scorpion film. Oh, on fuck. HBO Max, it's an animated, it's an animated oh, okay. thing, but yeah, it's 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 on there. So I think a lot of times they have a lot more freedom with the animated stuff. It's like the stakes is a little bit lower. It right. doesn't cost as much, but yeah, yeah. Scorpion. <clears throat> I, I like how they frame the story that Scorpion was uh, actually. Uh, damn it, what's his name? Fuck. Anyways, mm-hmm. his son was murdered, and he went through hell to find. That's crazy, huh? He yeah. was trying to chase him the whole movie. Yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. Like that story is interesting, but when it came to the fight, I'm like, yo, I seen I've seen the fight. You know, this is the game. You know what I mean? They're right. fighting in the game. But that's, get over here. That was hard. Like the fight with Sub Zero and Scorpion. Yeah. When I was confused about the whole movie, I thought the cold guy was going to be Scorpion. But he was just like a descendant of that lineage. Um, so when the cold, when the cold guy, the UFC fighter or whatever, when he finally got his powers, I was thinking the whole time that he was going to be Scorpion. But in reality, that was a new character that they had introduced, and he was just you know, at the you know at the end, when Scorpion was basically like I forget what he said, but he's like, "Don't screw this up," like you know, yeah. you're my descendant or whatever. Yeah, the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. Um, it just gives you an idea of how strong Sub Zero is, though. 
Yeah, he was he was a monster. Yeah, he was a monster. Like yeah. the whole, it, they both had to team up to get uh, fucking Sub Zero because he was fucking mm-hmm. everybody up. Yeah. So it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. You know what? What who I really want to see get down though was Raiden. Yeah, Raiden is a beast, bro. But Raiden's not allowed to yeah. get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I but, think him and old boy would have went head up if they would have fought though. Him and uh the other dude that's the Lord of the like the Dark World or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. I, I think I I just love that. Like, I just love those worlds, like especially stuff we grew up on as far as like the nostalgia. And they found a cool way to kind of implement everybody's like. Yeah, story. Cool, like, yeah. in their special moves. Sonya Blade. Mm-hmm. Sonya Blade probably had one of the dopest stories because she wasn't even supposed to be there. Yeah, she had a dope storyline. Yeah, she had yeah. a dope storyline. Mm-hmm. So she, got, she got it after she killed uh, the one. Kano. Who, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kano's story is weird, too. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how are they gonna step it up if they make another movie because that was a good fucking movie. Yeah, that they, was a good movie. They have to. They just. I think what they have to do is they just have to spend more money. Because to me, I'm curious to see how that would have uh, performed if there was no HBO Max. Because mm. because you know, like I was saying, like the as far as the budget goes, right? The budget was like fifty seven million dollars. Usually. When you see a Marvel movie, it might be one fifty, yeah, two hundred million dollars. Oh yeah. Um. So when you using all these special effects and these visual effects and stuff like that, you need real money to to, excuse me, to make it comparable to, you know, DC movies and and whatnot. So DC's the, the DC. The only thing making DC hold on is Batman. Yeah. Everything else is really nothing. I'm really I'm really pulling for DC to be honest. Yeah, I want them I, to be I want those movies to be great. Yeah, I want the movie to be great, but I feel like they need to lean into certain characters that like aren't Isn't the Submariner DC, right? I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with Cuz I know character. um um Submariner is no different from Aquaman. Aquaman is Marvel, correct? Aquaman is DC. Oh, Aquaman is DC. Mm-hmm. Fuck. What mm-hmm. is a Submariner then? I'm not sure. I never God heard of that. God damn it. I'm getting it mixed up. I was so such a comic book head as a kid. But um I think they DC needs to lean into certain characters like isn't Galactus DC? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lean into Galactus. Galactus mm-hmm. could be like um he, he could be like comparable to like um Thanos almost. Mm-hmm. Cuz Galactus has got a lot of power. Yeah. They had um Dark Side. Dark Side is supposed to be the the Thanos of the yeah. DC universe, yeah, but it it's just, it's just like what I've learned over the course of you know my short stint of being like considering myself a filmmaker. Not all filmmakers are created equal, no. so we can look at a Marvel movie and that's the expectation because they do it so well, right? right? But in reality, these are very extremely talented, hand selected people right. curating these, you know, these films. You right. know, you got guys like Ryan Coogler and James Gunn and um, the right. Russo brothers. You know what yeah. I mean? These are elite filmmakers right. making these Marvel movies. Um, <clears throat> and, and you know, not every it's like it's kind of like you know you're, you're trying to compare like different basketball players to Michael Jordan. Like Tracy McGrady is solid, but he's not he's not any Michael Jordan. I, I want to see one more movie, man, of this. I really want to see another Punisher movie. Punisher? I never got it. Did you like the show? 
Uh, the the show, yeah. I was more of a comic book Punisher, but mm-hmm. the last movie they came out with was dope. Mm-hmm. It was a Punisher that came out in the early nineties. I think it was the late eighties, mm-hmm. and I think it was with Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. and it was a good film. And mm-hmm. then they came out with another one that was really good. But I want to see another one because what I loved about the Punisher is he wasn't a good guy or a bad guy. He was just like a fucking uh, what like do you an anti hero? Not even an anti hero. What do you call those people that want vengeance on people? Oh. Like a, a vigilante. A vigilante. He mm-hmm. was a vigilante. He was just like, because the story of Punisher is, is kind of like everything else. You know, mm-hmm. his family got murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now he's just looking for vengeance all the time. Mm-hmm. But now I want to see how they can twist this. Yeah. How can they twist this to make it different? Mm-hmm. And what they've been doing lately, too, is they've been finding they've been switching the characters up to like black people. That's what I was thinking. When, yes. Because, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking that like literally right now, because because um, Michael B. Jordan is I got to watch the movie. I've seen it. You I just, just seen it, it last night. How was it? I Me mean, personally, I, it wasn't good or bad. It was decent. It was decent. It yeah. wasn't great, but it was decent. But I was just thinking about him, you know, playing. I don't I don't know what. Uh, if the role was meant for a black person, but you know they're doing it like you said, doing a lot of switch ups. So yeah. I was like, yeah, it would be dope to have the Punisher black. Like that, I would that would be interesting take. It'd on. be interesting take. I don't know how they're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it and and some cases I think it's cool, but sometimes it's forcing it. Like you know, yeah. you shouldn't make the Punisher black because oh, you should make him black. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be a reason why the Punisher is black on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and make it like a thing to where like. It's uh, it's not like you said. It's not forced. It's it's more of a natural, right. a natural thing. Yeah, I think I I always say this because just for time time stamp purposes. So like I I hold myself accountable and kind of to you know put some sort of like positive energy out into the world. But I always my dream 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 job is to direct a Dragon Ball Z movie. Wow. So hopefully <clears throat> one day it will happen. Damn, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's 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 aiming high, but I think that's what you want, right? Yeah, man. Why you know why why be in it to make some sort of trash movies? Right. Yeah. Damn, that'd be that'd be crazy to be a writer on that one. Yeah, that'd be a trip. Yeah. I, now the new Batman movie's coming out. I know Zoe Kravitz is uh, Batwoman or Catwoman, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. and then uh, the fucking was it Ruben Patterson? Is that his name? Robert. Patterson. Robert Patterson is is Batman, mm-hmm. but he just seems too little. That, that's my gripe. I feel like I feel like DC does a pretty good job of not necessarily the acting. The acting is, you know, the acting is good. That you know, these are all pretty good actors when it comes to right. a certain level, right? But I think the aesthetic of it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh Jason Momoa, he's like a big dude. Yeah, right. You know right, what right, I mean? Right. Like he looks like a real superhero. Yeah, and um Henry Henry Cavill, he's 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 pretty he has a great physique physique himself and he's probably like i don't know i think he's like six two or something like that so right. when you look at the characters they look like real superheroes exactly yeah you know what i mean but robert patterson i i don't, I don't know like, i don't know man. i don't know if he's been in the gym but you know i would hope so to be <laughs> batman that'd mm-hmm. be pretty he looks more like fucking robin than batman yeah yeah, yeah i don't mm-hmm. know about that I, I what i really don't like about what dc did in the recent film and i just i was so pissed off is the way they did bane uh-huh. They did such a fucked up job with Bane. Mm-hmm. I did not like that at all. Mm-hmm. People didn't understand with Bane because we'll, we'll move on. But Bane in the comic books was huge. Yeah, he was fucking massive, mm-hmm. and he actually broke Batman's back. Like he fucked Batman up in the comics. They were looking eye to eye in the movie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, dude. I was like, come on, man. 
and also Bane had this pack on his back that when he pressed the button, he just it was like like I guess the pack was full of steroids mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and it would make him superhuman. Yeah, and he would just be huge. But in this movie, you just had what's that guy's name that played him? Uh, the guy that played Venom. Yes, I forget his name. Yeah, something Hardy. Mm. Is it Tom Hardy? I think his I name. I think it's Tom Hardy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like this guy is fucking too small. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's that. I don't know. We went off on a tangent. Trucker's Mind movie reviews coming soon. Yeah, man, we did a few. We did a few movie reviews <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. We might have to do another one soon, man. Yeah, yeah if there's a good movie come out. Yeah, for sure. Going on. All right, switching gears. Uh, recently, the popular podcast, uh, Joe Budden's podcast, featuring Rory and Maul, mm-hmm. um, they've had some some public disagreements. And those agreements, those disagreements led to Rory and Maul being off of the podcast for the past six weeks. Now, mm-hmm. the reason why this is, is news to us is because we actually do a podcast. We've done one for three years straight. Me and Keith, me and Keith mm-hmm. don't have disagreements like this. Right. Um, yeah. We've known each other for over 20 something years. So 20, over 20 years easily. Mm-hmm. But these guys have been doing this podcast for quite some time. And now, you know, when they came back. They just start airing out all their dirty laundry or not even dirty laundry, just their their gripes. Right. And during that podcast, when they came back, they basically. And by the way, let me preface this by stating Rory and Ma have made a few comments about how other people conduct business. Right. Um, they talked about Birdman. Yeah. Charlemagne. They talked about Birdman, Charlemagne, just about how, you know, they they had people had gripes about not getting paid this, that and the third. So. Now, the uh, uh, also they had um, their podcast in general had a um, had something to say about the, I guess, infrequency in which the brilliant idiots were doing their podcast. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. That's true. The infrequency that that's there's validity to that, though. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they, they were. Yeah. The niggas be taking off. They be taking too long to upload. They, <laughs> they're not consistent now. Like, I love brilliant idiots. It's definitely one of my favorite podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I could actually speak as a person that podcasts every week for three years now. That we release when we say we are. We release every Monday. Mm -hmm. Monday morning, that podcast is out. Matter of fact, a little at midnight or a little bit past it, it's already up, edited, and it's available for everybody. Um, And we do that mainly because we haven't made it in the podcast space yet. So putting this content out with the frequency and and quality that it comes out is vital and very important. Mm -hmm. But to make a long story short, um, Rory and Maul, they took a six-week hiatus from being on the podcast. And when they came back... Uh, they had some gripes. And one of those gripes were, you know, lack of transparency with the business and there's certain things they didn't know about. Right. And, you know, it just seemed to me that Joe Budden is the he's the the showrunner. He's the guy that makes everything move. Um, and it also told me that they don't have as much power or control over anything that they said or, or not even that they said they did, but that they portrayed they did. So now the problem is like you guys got to wait for Joe to say anything for you guys to make money. Mm-hmm. And it just really kind of invalidated them in a way. And it was really fucked up. I think that this is going to blow their shit up now. Yeah. You know, and they basically didn't like the way Joe was talking to him and this, that, and the third. And I just don't think Joe respects them. Like, I think that now it's becoming apparent why, you know, they didn't show up. And it's because Joe doesn't respect you. That's mm-hmm. why he could step over you, step all over you the way he wants to. He could talk to you the way he wants. The problem that the problem is this ultimately. The way that a lot of businesses are built in America 
are that the person that's making the most money isn't going to tell you how they're making it, mm-hmm. nor will they disclose how much they're making per hour, this, that, and the third. And for everybody listening, if you found out how much your employer was making off of you, you probably would quit. Right? You probably might quit. But in this case, they tried to pull that shit, came back, and Joe Budden was like going in on them, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a it's one of those things. Like I don't know the ins and outs of the business. Right. Um but when when you when you think about it just from the outside looking in the the podcast is called the Joe Budden podcast right. Right. and and one thing that I, I I realized about um the dynamic of their podcast is um both Rory and Maul have both said on separate occasions that they're not really podcasters that they don't necessarily care to podcast um Rory said it on, uh, I think I forget the podcast, the name of the podcast, but he said, he was just like, yo, I, I don't, I'm not a podcaster. I don't necessarily like talking to people like that, but I do enjoy kicking it with my, with my guys and, um, you know, and, and just talking about, you know, pop culture and, and rap and hip hop and stuff like that. Um, so you have to think about that narrative, mm-hmm. um, coupled with Joe Budden, who, is this, this through work. and through. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, this is my life's work. He said, everything that I've done has led me to this point, right? Um, so I don't think he, he, I don't think he takes um, the podcast lightly at all. And I don't think he would ever say anything like that. I right. think he's very passionate about, passionate about creating content. So I think right. that, that alone is probably a conflict that, um, that happens and you could kind of sense it in the podcast because sometimes like he'll be like hey guys like what do you think about this and then like Maul will give some sort of like short-ended answer like yo that was dope <laughs> and then Rory will have like some sort of take on it and he'd be like yeah that was that was whatever and Joe Budden is like yo like we have a podcast we have to actually speak about subject matters we can't just give these like short-ended answers so you could if you if you think about this conflict and you got and you kind of go back through through the podcast and do a little a little deep dive just start to look at the the body languages right. start to look at the the, the the type of uh things people say um and also i was telling eddie this on the phone right so if if we look at this situation as like a business matter and it's weird because they kept saying um during the the break or the hiatus of rory and Ma that it wasn't about business but one of the first things Maul comes back and says is yeah. that he wanted transparency in the business. So yeah. it's like, is it a biz? Is it about business or is it not? So one thing that um, Joe Budden said a while back, there was a uh, situation. It was right after Ace Hood did um, Drink Champs, right? And Ace Hood was basically um, venting about his um, his frustrations with how DJ Khaled was was running we the best excuse me and basically what happened with DJ Khaled is he went from I think he went from uh one record label like he might have went from like uh oh he went from Bert excuse me I think he went from being under Birdman and the whole uh young money uh cash money or whatever and he's he switched his label over to E1 and if you if anybody out there know anything about DJ Khaled, 
um, one of his, you know, most successful artists was Ace Hood. He had, you right. know, Bugatti and uh, Hustle and uh, Hustle Hard. And, you know, yeah. he had a couple, he had a few hits. Um, and he was like, you know, the, pretty much the most successful artist DJ Khaled had ever signed. Yeah. So what happened was when DJ Khaled moved his label to another imprint, he didn't let Ace Hood know. And Ace Hood was like, yo, I feel like, you know, as a guy on the label, I should be notified i should be let let know or i should be let known about certain sort of certain things that are going on within the business right so that was ace hood's gripe yeah taking it back to joe budden's podcast joe budden um when they had that discussion about that conversation with ace hood maul was like yo if i'm if i'm the guy on the team or if i'm the um one of the top dogs in any sort of um business or under any sort of umbrella, I should be afforded the information about mm-hmm. you switching, you know, companies or you switching uh, your label deal or whatever. Right. Um, and think I forgot what Rory said, but Joe Budden was like, nah, like mm-hmm. that's that's none of our business. If I, as the label, as DJ Khaled, decide to move over here, um, it has nothing to do with you. This is, you know, this is the business that I'm taking care of. You are an artist on my label. Mm-hmm. You are not an executive at my label or anything. You are just, you know, I pay you um, to make music and that's our, that's, that's our, our relationship. relationship, right? Yeah. Take that all the way back to right now. Um, that's Joe Budden's view on mm-hmm. the situation. He's like, yo, I don't owe you guys anything. We have, we are friends. Cool. But we're also business partners. And right. as business partners, you guys are contractually obligated, obligated to yeah. show up here, do a job. You show up here two times a week. Um, talk on here for the, what I hear through some of their podcasts and their conversations that the, 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 the contract is very detailed. Mm. Like you hear certain things that they say, like, you know, you're contractually obligated to do this. He'll say like, ma, this is why you can't introduce topics. This, this is what it says in your contract. Whoa. So like all these kind of like little things like are, are, you know, probably put in this sort of contract. That's crazy though. But yeah. 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 So, but you, I mean, as far as the ins and outs of it, no one is ever going to get the full details, but no. as a listener, what you can do is piece together certain things because you, and mind you, Joe Budden is a, is a, is a very intelligent person. He's also a, you know, a very, a great lyricist. Right. And he's also uh, very aware of the things that he's going to say on the podcast. So oftentimes, like he's going to say stuff without actually saying it. He's not Mm -hmm. he's never going to directly say like, hey, Rory and Ma are very privileged and they're crying about, you know, whatever the case may be. And they have no real gripe to cry because they are under my imprint. Um, I signed them to whatever. And, you know, they're just being, uh, you know, bratty or whatever. He's what he's going to say. He's going to talk around. He's going to say, you know, under your contractual obligations, you're supposed to be here. But uh, even if we're having an argument under no circumstances, can a person walk away from right. a job and just pop up six Please, weeks yep. later like everything is cool? So because of that, there's 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 a conflict. You know what I mean? So 100 mm-hmm. percent. But what it comes down to is this. I think um, what I think ultimately for Joe, I think he's also pretty hard to work with. Mm-hmm. But I think that this started off as something where they was hungry. They was doing their thing. But as as. As time went on and the more money they made, it became more of a business. And Joe was the one that was spearheading the business. Mm -hmm. So 
when you got a person like that doing that and he said you can't introduce topics, there was a whole but there's a contract involved. Mm-hmm. I think that like it's crazy though. Like to me, a person such as him that signed a bunch of fucked up deals and got raw deals throughout his music career. Um, I think that if there's a problem with the business, I think you're well aware of what you're doing. You know, the lack of transparency is the, in the business is based on the fact that if the people you don't want people knowing how you make money. That's the that's the thing. Like, here's the thing, bro. I, I think that pretty much with all of us, me, I'm a worker, so I stay in my lane. I, I have a boss, so I stay in my lane. I don't go in the office saying, yo, like, you know what? You know, what am what are you making on the low so I know how much I should get paid and this and that? Because pretty much if you knew what your boss is making off of your work, it would make you pretty uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's just the facts of the matter. Yeah. Um, and in this case, I think that also Joe doesn't respect him. And that's the only people he could really do business with. Yeah. Because he has such a dominating, like a dominating presence. Mm-hmm. That like he be called oh shut the fuck up oh man you shut the fuck up like no grown man could tell me something like that yeah and 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 for them I just think that they've worked themselves into a position now where it's gonna be hard for them to start their platforms now they can but when they see you getting drugged and pumped by Joe Budden it's gonna be hard for you to just pop up and people just support you. Yeah. You know what? Um, when I was looking at so um, we, we watched that DJ Academics video and um, it really opened my eyes. Right. And, you know, in, in short, basically, DJ Academics was clowning Rory and Maul and primarily because he probably has some sort of don't uh, like them. conflict with them because yeah. of stuff they had said about him in the past. Right. Um, and a lot of it was kind of childish. But yes, it was. Um, some of the stuff was pretty informative and it kind of opened my eyes to a new perspective about the the whole break or the whole uh, you know six week hiatus or whatever. And um, one of the things he said is he said, you guys are there because you had to be there. And uh, it, it made me feel kind of sad for um, them because not that I am like I, I am invested as a listener. Right. Um, but I'm not like, you know, I, I don't. Um, I'm not invested in like every single aspect of their lives. A hundred percent. But, you know, as a listener, I'm a fan, you know, and I appreciate what they do. Um, so when I listened to DJ Academics and then I went double back and I listened to that podcast again, I felt bad for like Rory because it it, it, made, it made me look at him and it made me look at Maul in a completely different light. Right. Like, yo, like, dang, like he, n- not that they're like, enslaved by any means but for lack of a better term like they're there because they're contractually obligated to be there Mm -hmm. and after having this whole big blow up and you know you start to see like the energy wasn't even it wasn't even the same like the chemistry that you have after having that sort of disagreement it wasn't as it wasn't as cohesive it kind of felt like uh uh I don't know, like after you've had a huge argument with your partner or something like that, and y- y- y'all ain't back smooth yet. Y'all just kind of like walking on pins and needles around each other. Like, you know, yeah, what I, mean? I think it, I think that the, the contractual obligation also uh, who knows how much Joe Budden owns what they do. Mm-hmm. What if they can't start a platform because of him? You never know. We never know. Well, mm-hmm. no, no one will ever know. Mm-hmm. All I know is, first of all, let's say this. I'll say this. This is probably one of the most privileged fucking bullshit conversations ever oh, because sure. you guys get paid to do a podcast. 
You have made it in a space that me and Keith would love to be in, but you're bitching and complaining on this platform to, to your listeners, right? And you have now lowered the integrity of the platform because now everybody's going to look at the whole situation differently. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that Rory and Ma can never talk about, even about, especially about other people's business when their business is fucked up. That's the, that's one of the problems academics had is because he's like, yo, you guys, like we talked about at the top of this subject, you know, these are, these are guys that talk frequently about contracts and stuff like that. But it's like, yo, you guys, and we don't know, we don't know the stints, uh, um, we don't know what the terms of their contracts are, but something ain't right for Ma to be saying he's looking for transparency. Yeah. Something ain't right. No. Yeah. If you had any stake in a business, you wouldn't have to ask for transparency. Yeah. I think the equivalent to what Ma was saying is like if you just having some type of I don't want to take this too left, but if you're having some type of a friends with benefits situation with a woman and she's mm-hmm. like, what are we? Mm-hmm. What are we? Where yeah. are we going? Yeah. As a man, that's what you look like when you like. I need some business transparency. I need to know what's going on. Or along with that, like asking a girl, like who, who, what are the dudes you talking to? What are the right. dudes you sleeping with? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You look like you are like desperate for information mm-hmm. instead of being put in on it. You know, the number one thing you should do when this happens is leave. Yeah. But you, since you signed a contract, you don't have the authority nor option to just leave. You got to come back. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that noise? Somebody hot riding again? God damn. Yeah, every time, man. Right by the police station? Are you guys serious? Burning rubber. Fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah, I think Joe Budden killed his own podcast. I'll be honest. I think that his, his just who he is as a person, too, is just too intrusive on other people. And I think by him airing out his personal business on the platform, people don't really give a fuck about hearing about that. They want to hear topics. When they listen to a Trucker's Mind podcast, they want us to engage them with topics, our own you know, insight on things, and just have a cool, regular conversation. Mm-hmm. We don't get into all of our personal shit on there and air out dirty laundry and talk about people's girlfriends and like it's just too much the the problem though with the whole rory and maul leaving or whatever is that um and the quality may the quality may not have been as good but these guys are not irreplaceable right right that's true it's it's the joe budden podcast the dudes that was on there sucked though (laughs) <laughs> I don't have an opinion about those guys, but I'm just saying I like do. it was it was not entertaining. <laughs> not entertaining, bad conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> but like if you know if cause what happened was the numbers, there wasn't really a drop off when right. when those when those ish and ice and, and those guys uh came on to fill in. But that that's the the difficult part. It would be different if Joe Budden left. He's like, yo, I feel like y'all disrespected me. Y'all can rock out how you want to. Then that whole thing would look weird. You know what I mean? Because right. first the Joe Budden podcast and Joe Budden is not even there, right? So um, it's I think that validated some of Joe Budden's beliefs 
You know, mm. like when he says this is my life's work, you know, I, I live and breathe podcasts and content and stuff like that. And then he's like, these dudes left, but I'm going to keep on rocking. And the people are still tuning in to what we got going on. Um, so, and you know, they had the I don't know what the numbers were for like the Kevin Samuels episode, but they had a guest on there. And, you know, it was a conversation that, you know, was a pretty decent conversation. Yeah. You know, I don't think that. I think Kevin Samuels just likes to hear himself talk, but yeah. you know, it was something that if you were a fan of Kevin Samuels and you listened to that, you'd be like, yo, this is a great podcast or whatever. I, I initially listened to just Kevin Samuels mm -hmm. uh, because I felt like some of his information, especially just towards, you know, the idea of, you know, women and whatnot, I felt some of it was pretty decent, but as time progressed, I started saying he's very narcissistic. Mm -hmm. um, he loves to hear himself talk. I, oh, it, for sure. that, that still doesn't, that still doesn't change the fact that, you know, I still feel there's validity to some things he says, mm -hmm. but I think that he's a control freak. He loves to cut people off, but when they cut him off, he has a problem with it. Yeah. Um, his, yeah. his idea of what a high value man is, is, is just weird. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, I, what I will say is I feel like Joe Budden had to kind of lean into some of the viral stuff while Joe, while Rory and Maul was out. I probably maybe I don't know. I, I think he's not a bad guest to have on, but but for you to have that platform and have him on there, it kind of said like you you you're trying to get people to like you're trying to get some edgy content right now because they really don't even have guests. Yeah, they so, don't have they don't have a lot of guests. Yeah, mm -hmm. we don't either. But mm -hmm. like I think that the thing about it is is we also only have certain guests on here. We have guests that actually can have conversations because I'm not trying to fight anybody over a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a dude like Kevin Samuels is impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that guy's going to cut off Keith. See, the problem is, see, both of you guys are not high value men. So you don't know how high value <laughs> I'd be like, man, if you don't get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it, it's. It, I think you know, like I was saying before, it's it's a tough situation that these guys are in because it's it's. I liken it to think about uh, the NFL, right? The NFL is probably the league where you know that they have the most dispensable talent. Um, there are a few Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, um, and even right. Aaron Rodgers. They drafted a quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean, right. so um, I think. You know, when you're when you, like I said in the NFL, um, maybe uh, you know Rory and Maul, they may think that they are uh, like these high value wide receivers or running backs or something mm -hmm. like that, not knowing that the owner and the coach is like, if this dude asks for more money, then we'll just not sign him again, or we'll just ship mm -hmm. him out and we'll we'll sign the younger, um, cheaper talent, and he may not be as good, but we're going to work around. The, the the skill set that yeah. he has so that's i think that's the same thing joe budden did with uh you know bringing those other guys on and maybe those weren't even going to be the permanent guys maybe he had some maybe he was started to think about you know what guests could be out there maybe i could bring this person on or this person this like you know talented youtuber on or whatever and you know we could rock with the podcast like that but i think one thing you said too is that um no matter what situation you're in, and even in like a, a romantic relationship, you have to learn to build stuff 
outside of what you got going on. Right. And I think Rory is doing that to a certain extent. Like he's, I think he's working on an album right now, but I think like you gotta, you gotta start branching out. Like, you know, yeah. the, the beautiful thing about the brilliant, brilliant idiots is that everybody on there is doing something. Yeah, Even wax. wax. Wax has his, uh, his CBD stuff. Yeah. Um, Taylor, she's producing a bunch of four shows. or five different, you know, Black uh, Effect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Things. Um, Shout out to Taylor, man. Yeah, she's doing her thing. Obviously, Andrew Schultz, like, you know, you could see his progress right in front of you go from, you know, kind of being a, I wouldn't call him a local comedian, but kind of like a, a, a guy on a come up to now. He has his, he had a, a, nec- a like Netflix special. World tours. World tour. He's working on his actual stand up special. Um, and he said he got like a seven figure deal for some of his content. Yeah. So he's a guy that's really, really out here doing stuff. So um, I would just, you know, not that they listen to what we're saying, but I would just suggest anybody in any situation like, yo, you have to do a awesome. little bit of something for yourself outside yeah. of whatever you got going on. Like 100%. for you, you know, you work at a, a job, but you got the podcast, you working on your brand, um, you working on yourself. Um, so it's just important to be multifaceted and not to rely on any sort of on one thing. Right. Not to mention there was something that was mentioned and, uh, uh, when academics was, uh, was talking about the scenario with Joe Budden's podcast, Mm -hmm. he said that he, Vlad told him something that made sense. He said, the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in business is hire someone because no one will care about your business more than you. Yeah. And that made sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's I'll use myself as an example. And this is no slight to my boss or any boss I've ever had. But when it's time for me to punch out on Friday, I can give a fuck about the job. Yeah. I am living my life. I have things that I'm working on on my own. I have a I uh, have a, a father who is terminally ill. I have a life that I have to live. Yeah. So once that day is over, I'm off. Mm-hmm. I have things to handle. Right. But when you're a person that owns the business, your mind is 100% on the business 24 mm-hmm. 7. You are always thinking about, you know, oh, how can I do this? How can I, how can I get this new contract? How can I do this? How can I do that? And then you may start making the mistake that people care about your business as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And that's false. Mm-hmm. A person that's a worker does a job, but a person that's an owner is always on the job. Yeah. They're always on the job. So with Joe Budden and Joe Budden is this is his job. This is what he does. He creates content. Rory and Maul are workers, but they feel entitled to be included on a business that they didn't create. Mm-hmm. They've contributed greatly. But what they need to understand is you can contribute, contribute, contribute. But if you did not make the exact same sacrifices that that person made to own the business, then you are not on the same level as them. You're just not. Mm -hmm. And this is and this is for everybody that has a job out there. If you go to a job every day and you complain, 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 and you don't like it and you don't like it and you complain and you complain. Let's be very clear. Unless you are doing something to change your circumstances, then you need to just blame yourself. Mm hmm. Because the person that owns the job you work at, they have a stake in a company that you can never have because they've made these great sacrifices. Yeah. So if you don't like it, you need to hit the road or start something on your own. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a truck driver at fucking late 50, 60 years old. I'm getting out of the game. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start building a good life for myself, 
I'm out because it's not my passion to drive trucks. Am I blessed to have a decent job? Of course, but it's not my it's not my uh, bread and butter. Mm-hmm. It's just what I do, but it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, this truck, this podcast is called a Trucker's Mind podcast, but that's not my life. In fact, we probably talk about trucking on this podcast one time in three fucking years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's that. And by the way, let me make this clear too. Um, obviously, I'm the truck driver, and it's called a Trucker's Mind podcast. But let's get one thing straight. Mm-hmm. Keith has looked has sat in that chair next to me for three years. I can't do this podcast without Keith. Mm-hmm. If I, as I, if, if let's say me and Keith had some problem, and I try to get somebody else, I could never trust him the way I trusted Keith. Mm-hmm. We would never have the same type of relationship or uh, chemistry. Because if, if I get sloppy Joe Bob in that seat. He's going to be cutting me off every time. We won't have no chemistry, nothing. Mm-hmm. So now Joe Budden fucked up because if these guys leave and he get them other dudes back, those dudes just wasn't good to me. They wasn't podcasters. They was not podcasters. Mm-hmm. They was just niggas. <laughs> <laughs> they were fighting over conversation when Kevin Samuels was on there. Yeah. And it was this weird, like, relationship with Kevin Samuels. Like, the one dude ish, he was in love with Kevin Samuels. He was Samuels. in love. Like, he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Preach, Kevin. Preach. Preach. <laughs> My ball's getting wet for you. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I'm moist for you, Kevin. <laughs> I'm moist for you. I wish I had a vagina, Kevin. <laughs> so weird. So weird. I tell you what, it, let's say that they left. Let's let's say this, this just like a theory. Rory and Maul leave. He needs somebody to fill the slots. And me and Keith fill the slots. We get the remainder remainder of that contract that they had. Yeah. I bet you they get paid a lot of money. Oh, for sure. I they, bet you they get paid they a lot all, of money. Once they sign the Spotify deal, I think all of them got new apartments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, they they all get paid good money, dude. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We'll gladly take Rory and Maul's job. But here's the difference. After we fulfill that contract, we're done with you, man. Because <laughs> now we, we've used you for, for access. We already have our own platform. Mm-hmm. If we had the, and you know what, I'm not going to go down that wormhole. That's a private conversation for me and Keith. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I think uh, one thing I learned from Gambino is I think that endings are okay, right? You know what I mean? If right. you if you do that, I think they're like seven years in it as a as a whole podcast with Joe Budden and Rory. This shit's over, man. I think that um, you know. I, th- I think it's okay. He'd be like, yo, this is a chapter. That was This was a chapter in my life. It's just like, uh, you know, when you see certain people. Um, uh, what's the guy from Parks and Rec that ended up being guard- he's on Guardians of the Galaxy? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. You know, yeah. a guy like them. I mean, he's, talent- he's a talented actor and comedian. He's funny. Um, you know, you get on that show for a little bit and then you move on and you're doing movies and you're, you know, you're freaking superhero now or you know when you see uh donald glover was on community and right uh riding on 30 rock and stuff like that and now he's on to bigger and better things um i think it's okay to 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 end some things and joe budden he's he's going to be joe budden he's going to rock that podcast is not going to end no. you know no matter who's on it he's he's you probably going to find some co-hosts and parks and him are, are going to Probably be doing it till the end of time. I think the best two co-hosts to make that show go to the... I'm talking about to make that show a old, like a, to the next fucking level, which it won't happen. But if he had two guests to make that show a great, great, great show, way better than Rory and Maul, you got to get academics and Wayno. 
Yeah. If you get academics and Wayne on that platform, then everybody going to forget about Roy and Maul real quick. Yeah. I mean, that would be funny because they were all on Everyday Struggle. Exactly. That would be... That would be the and no, and the number one thing too is is like Wayno not gonna let Joe Budden get no words in on him like he not like Wayno has integrity now academics I've heard academics get called all kind of bitches by Joe Budden <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I don't know I'm not necessarily a fan of academics no, I'm not I'm not either but yeah. he does offer something to the space mm-hmm. even if I don't like him mm-hmm. and I feel like he would actually be somebody to be decent I would love to sit down and have him on a podcast one day mm-hmm. just to, just to, just to like like look at like I don't know just to ask him some questions see yeah, how his yeah, brain yeah. works yeah he, I mean he's a he's, sharp guy he's dominated that space that he's in yeah but like how do you like how did you learn how to get this content and turn it into like a million dollar. He said he got a house, all kind of foreign whips and stuff. Academics yeah. is doing it, man. Yeah. He built up that platform. Literally just sitting in this chair talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My goodness, man. This is just getting out of control. There's a whole story going on outside. Yeah, right. It started with freaking motorcycles and Syria. And now the <laughs> police are coming to clean up the whole mess. <laughs> Oh man, but that's the thing, man. Right now, like right now, you're gonna hear a lot of sirens with this podcast. You're gonna hear it for a while, but once we get a new space and everything's all hooked up and we're we're making money, then it's gonna be it's gonna be on point. Mm -hmm. Like right now, me and Keith are regular guys. Like we we do regular stuff, and then we have passions outside Mm -hmm. of that. But once once this podcast is paying us real money. Then it's everything's gonna change. Yeah, the guests are gonna change, the you know the visual aspect of it is gonna change. But mm-hmm. there's that man. We're not gonna hold you guys any longer. This has been a pretty long. Where we at, man? Uh, two o seven. Two o seven. That's mm-hmm. a two hour podcast, man. Mm-hmm. So man, look, let's let's not get it twisted. Before we get off of here, I just want to let y'all know that we genuinely appreciate people that take time out of their day to listen to this content bro because i think i did the math or i looked it up i could be wrong i think there was 1440 minutes in a day Mm -hmm. so out of 1440 minutes in a day you guys are giving us like 120 of your Mm -hmm. minutes per day that's a lot of time that you've Mm -hmm. dedicated to take to listen to us Mm -hmm. i've had people tell me i ran into a guy recently I, I very I vaguely I remember who he was now because I used to work with him years ago. But he's like he had his mask on. I had mine on. He's like, "Hey man, I love the podcast. Like it's inspiring." And I was like, "What? Yeah. Like how do you know me with this?" He's like, "Oh man, we listen, man. I listen to the pod." I was like, "Man, I appreciate you." Mm-hmm. And it just took some time for me to like um, just take it all in. But I'm like, "Yo, like this podcast is really starting to touch people." Like, yeah. And it's many. It's a, I get inboxes from all kinds of people telling me they enjoy the content. So. You know, it's crazy, like, you know, working on this podcast, obviously, and then also uh, when I was uh, or working with like the class clowns and Demarie and uh, and Kyrie and stuff like they'd be having these stories all the time. Like, yo, we were in the mall and somebody was like, hey, we, you know, I loved your movie or I loved your short film or, you know, your skits are hilarious and stuff like that. But I don't ever be getting I don't ever be getting that same sort of I don't really be out like that. So that's probably part of it. But right. I don't ever really be getting that that sort that sort of energy from people. But, you know, I appreciate all the love. Like that's the that's the like people listening. That's great. And that's amazing. And we appreciate that. 
But even above that is the people that listen and then have the uh, the ability to just be like, yo, when you see us in public, when you when you uh, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, like, yo, we love your podcast. Keep rocking or, you know, that's that's the type of stuff like that outward pour of uh, appreciation. Right. Like that's the stuff that we love because it, it gives because when people are just listening, you don't really know. You, you don't. don't really know. Like, you know, is people listening because they hate us or people listening because it's just there. It's nothing to do. But when you when you see people say like, yo, you know, your thing is inspiring and uh, your podcast is inspiring or I love this topic you had or, you know, people are telling like little inside jokes that lets us know that they're listening really to what we're active saying. listening. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, that's amazing, man. It definitely is, man. A hundred percent. I think I think what really gets me more than anything is the fact that I'm not Drake. I'm not Meek Mill. Like me and Keith are not rappers. We're not popular. Mm -hmm. But the fact that what we talk about on this podcast can reach people Mm -hmm. is really where it counts. Mm -hmm. And I want this podcast to be one of the biggest podcasts in America. Mm -hmm. I feel like the content and the way we frame things can reach people all over the country. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you listen and you don't want to inbox me or Keith or anybody, we you don't have to do that. You know, we, we're not trying to solicit the content like that. But if you told a friend, we don't even want to tell you to tell a friend. But if you tell them, that helps because the word of mouth is more powerful than anything else. Oh, facts. Yeah, I think we should try to do that more so. Like, yeah, we never do it because we don't like to beg, you know? Yeah, like, you know, maybe like at the end like hey just spread the word and another thing too because i never say this if you guys happen to listen on i think it's apple music or Mm -hmm. apple podcast Mm -hmm. go give us a rating yeah head on over give us a rating Mm -hmm. follow us on soundcloud Mm -hmm. um hit me up on on the the podcast uh instagram it's uh a underscore truckers underscore or a truckers mind podcast let me let me read it again if you Google a Trucker's Mind podcast, it's not Google, but if you search it on there. Well, no, I'm talking about my IG. It's, no, I'm saying like if you if you type it in and it'll the search pop bar, up. it'll pop up, yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, A underscore Trucker's underscore Mind underscore podcast. That's the IG uh, for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell a friend, man. Um, once again, we appreciate you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fiends. We're out of here. Peace.